Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Move Related Show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff, and joining you guys in the live chat today, sitting right over there, very excited about his favorite brand, Microsoft, Ray Ora. Ray, how you doing? We did it. We did We did it. <laughs> For those of you who may be a little bit confused about what we're talking about, we'll get to that in just a second. And uh, also, the triumphant return today. Uh, she adds this bullshit excuse for being away for a kid whatever but sitting right over here ladies and gentlemen aaron cummings is here aaron how you doing and joey bishop joey bishop yes we're back so many things have happened uh king richard came out which both my husband and i were in i shot an episode of the rookie with nathan fillion i wrote a pilot that's now in the early stages of development and i had a baby it's been a very busy and exciting two months but i am so thrilled to be back and i missed all of you guys so much so thank you thank you thank you for having me back on the show i'm thrilled to be here it's great to have you here and it's also great to have joey bishop here and it's great to have all of you guys here and here's how today's show is going to go guys we're going to break the show up into two parts in the first half of the show we're going to take some predetermined topics then in the second half of the show we're going to take your live comments and questions and there's two ways to do it number one if you're watching live and only if you're watching live you can send in something using the super chat feature on youtube and re we'll read those off when we get to the end of the main topics also, though, if you're watching the show any other of the 22 hours during the day, you can send in a question using the tip link that's just down in the description of this video. Just click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on the show. Of course, obviously, if we deem your comment or question to be appropriate to be read on the show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us here at the John Campion Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Okay, guys, there are a couple things to get to here off the top before we get into the main topics here today. And the first one I want to talk about is very exciting to me. For any of you guys who may have followed me for any period of time, you may know I've met a lot of celebrities. Met mm -hmm. George Lucas, met Harrison Ford. I I've met just about everybody I'd ever want to meet. Mm -hmm. And it's always fine. I I've, I've been at a party and seen a celeb I want to meet, and I'll just walk up to them and I'll talk to them. Vern Troyer. Uh, except for one person. Weird Al. Mm. I have never been able to bring myself to walk up to Weird Al. I've been listening to Weird Al Yankovic since I was a kid, right? And I have been no less than four or five times at parties or at a screening or at something with them. There was this one time Ann and I were even walking out of a premiere and heading to the after party. And we realized walking right in front, like right in front of us on the escalator going up to the after party is Weird Al. And Ann's like, Now's your time. Introduce to Say hi to Weird Al. I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't want to bother him. I've seen him at another thing. He's like, there he is at the punch bowl. Just walk over and say hi. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do well, it. Well, an escalator is also a weird place to say hi because your face is at crotch level. Yes. If they're in front of you. Some so might think that's awkward. an even, that might be an icebreaker. There you go. Some might consider that an icebreaker, I suppose. But I could never do it. Well, big news. Big news. There is a Weird Al Yankovic biopic slash comedy movie coming called the weird al story and it's gonna start daniel radcliffe this news just came out today 
Just came out today. Weird Al Yankovic story, uh, Daniel Radcliffe to portray Grammy winner in Roku biopic from Funny or Die and Tango. Now, normally I wouldn't care much about a movie that's going to be going directly to Roku. A Roku original is not my thing. Sorry, soul. Um, but I, I, that's not usually something I would cover. But Weird Al... Weird Al, this comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who write the following. Daniel Radcliffe from Lost City in the Harry Potter franchise has been tapped to play musician Weird Al Yankovic in Weird, the Al Yankovic story on Roku original, uh, a Roku original biopic from Funny Die Tango uh, that will be available streaming exclusively on the Roku channel. Uh, and then I, I th this is the part that kills me. Listen to this. Known for, um, I don't even know what that word is, pastiching and parodying the works. Prestiching. I didn't even said that word. Yeah, it's, like a, it's a pastiche. It's where you uh, a, a sort of, you know what? You don't really know something if you can't explain it. That's so I realized that even though I know how to pronounce pastiche, as I try to explain it, I realize I probably don't really have a clear understanding of it either. I don't think it's a word I've ever actually used in my life before, but it's okay. I'll take it. So anyway, known for pastiching and parodying the works of his musical contemporaries, Yankovic, listen to this, is the biggest selling comedy recording artist of all time, a five-time Grammy winner, and his 2014 release, Mandatory Film, of uh, Mandatory Fun, was the first comedy album in history to debut at number one on Billboard's Top 200. Now get this, he is one of only three artists to land top 40 hits in each of the last four decades, the only other two being Michael Jackson and Madonna. Insane. Michael Jackson, Madonna, and Weird Al. That's the company that Weird Al keeps. All hail Weird <laughs> Al, the goat of music. I'll tell you, one of the most fun concerts I ever went to in my life was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, in a sold-out hockey arena, and it was a Weird Al on tour. You're kidding. So you've seen him live. Oh, I, oh I've seen him live. Absolutely. And here's the cool thing about it. I think I've told the story before, but I knew it was going to be one of the best concerts that I've ever heard when the band came out first. Oh, wow. Because they were some of the ugliest motherfuckers <laughs> I've ever seen. So you know they're going to be good. And I'm like, well, he clearly didn't hire them for their looks. These must be some of the best musicians in the world. Because this guy like, had to be in his like early 60s, long gray hair, big like, sure. come out with this bass. I'm, I bet this guy's going to be one of the hottest bass players I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, the concert start and it was a two and a half hour show some of the best musicianship i've ever heard and it ended with like a 15 minute version of yoda of course it's his take on lola <laughs> i met him in a swamp down in dago by where the water bubbled just like carbonated soda i mean yes mama, it, mama yoda ramped on it for like <laughs> yeah. 15 minutes it was one of the greatest things i'd ever seen i love it so the one weird thing about this to me though Weird Al's tall. Yeah, very tall. He's like Howard Stern tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard Stern should lanky. actually be playing him. Yeah, Howard Stern would be perfect to play yeah. Weird Al. And Daniel Radcliffe is not. He is not. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, just body type is, like, so drastically. And I wonder if that's going to be part of the gag. I don't know, but... I mean, it's almost as crazy as the idea of, like, I don't know, Sebastian Stan playing Tommy Lee. Like, things that would never happen, you know? Right. But have you seen the trailer for that, by the way? Yes, I have. Okay, it, it is. Hasn't it come out? No, I don't think. I don't think it's out yet. Okay, but I did see the trailer. I cannot believe how much they have made Lily James. Oh, no, no, that's not Lily. Uh, yeah, um, it is. is uh, it, no, no, it's um, Lily. Um, um, Lily Collins. Collins. Mm -hmm. 
How much? They, whichever one it is. Lily Collins looks like Pamela Anderson. Oh my God! Did yeah. they ever make her look? And and he looks like a Tommy Lee. I can't. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Sidetracked. Weird Al. Yes. So uh, I mean, I love this news. I can't wait to watch it. Aaron, you heard about this. What do you think about them doing this? Well, first of all, I, I think that you know. And I, this is a weird comparison a day after her birthday, but I feel like Weird Al elicits the kind of emotions that Betty White does. People just go, <laughs> gosh, I just, you know, you just, you can't say anything bad about Weird Al. You know, he's just always been this affable, fun, lovable guy, even when there's been some controversy over any of the satires that, you know, any of the, the songs that he's made a satirical parody of, uh, I think that was a du um, double negative pastiche, a pastiche, <laughs> a pastiche, whatever that word means. Um, you know, he, he's always managed to to come through with grace and humility. Um, I recently saw a, a, a documentary about Weird Al and the the legions of fans that this man has who show up with Weird Al hair and the the Hawaiian shirts. Um, you, you know, I mean, he, he is so beloved and he has maintained throughout his career to be incredibly private. We don't really know a lot about his personal life. We know obviously what he's very well known for and his antics on stage, but um, in private, he seems to be more of a, um, you know, a, a quiet person who doesn't need to have the limelight at all times. Um, he has done a brilliant job of, as you were talking about, creating really good music yeah. that is also fun and memorable um, and somehow has managed to stay away from insane lawsuits, which of course there's, you, you're you're a lawyer, you know that there's the parody law. Yeah, so yeah. Which he's is how an expert of the parody law. Expert in the parody law, um, you know, but also has managed to make fun of things without being mean. And that is a very difficult thing to do. And for him to be able to do that over decades and decades is pretty is quite quite a feat. And and I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to see a little bit of the behind the scenes of how he came to find that particular niche that he has really captured and been the master of for for decades now you know it's one of the interesting things about him too is i saw somebody put up a facebook post a while ago about weird al and it says like 40-year career valedictorian of a school honor student this x number of number one hits blah blah, blah. controversies zero. none yeah none yeah. he he has somehow managed to be only in the company of madonna and michael jackson right have top 40 hits in each of the last four decades never a single whisper of controversy. Mm -hmm. Ann and I actually went to go see him at uh, the Greek. We went to go see him at the Greek theater and he came walking right up into the audience. But that's the first time I heard maybe his greatest song ever. It's an original. It's the best song of a love song ever. And the title is, You're Not Perfect, But You're Good Enough For Now. Oh. <laughs> it's the best title of a love song ever. It's you're, totally the best title. Perfect, I mean, it's basically like my entire dating life now. before Tom. <laughs> So for sure. I love it. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? There is a weird Al Yankovic movie coming to Roku starring Daniel Radcliffe, of all people. I find that fascinating. And of course, I'm very happy about that. How do you guys feel about it? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Before we get into our main topics, let's do one more off the top here, shall we? And that one more off the top is this. Probably... Out of any recreational activity, unfortunately, it's not hockey, it's not basketball, it's not, you know, MMA, it's not 
The thing, the recreational activity I've probably spent more hours of my life doing really is playing World of Warcraft. Mm. I, I mean, I I can't even, I don't want to be, be start figuring out the number of hours I've spent in my life playing World of Warcraft. That's so sexy, John. It is so sexy. <laughs> Tell them how it is. Hey, man, th th something attracted your sister to me. As soon as I mentioned Warcraft, <laughs> oh, she goes, no. that's an attractive guy. It was definitely that. It no. was the World of Warcraft. That's an attractive sure. guy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it got so bad. It got so bad that I would literally wake up in the morning, go to my computer to start playing WoW, and I would start bringing, because you know, I would play for a while, go grab something, no, 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 I couldn't be, I couldn't get up to go get something to eat anymore. So I would start going to my desk with a loaf of bread. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. And with a jar of peanut butter, and then like two two liter bottles of Coke. That's disgusting. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> That is you disgusting. You haven't heard anything yet. Oh man. Because what the, the two little bottles of Coke became dual functional because I am a uh -uh. multitasker. No, no, no. I know where this is going and I got to uh, I got to yeah. I got to put a flag on that. Y'all don't have time. Oh god. You when you're raining, you don't have time to get up and go to the bathroom. You don't know what you're going to miss. So once you emptied out a 2 liter bottle of Coke, John Campia exposed. You reuse it. So, oh my god! I, I'm not saying I did that many times. Is but that why you kicked us out yesterday no. after the show? <laughs> I am not. I am See, not I'm raising a boy, that, and this is and now, once now, now that I'm a boy mom. I, I hear things like this in a totally different way. Oh, I'm you like, got I'm worse stuff than that coming as a boy mom. Woo! <laughs> you got worse what? stuff this than that coming. This sucks so stiff. Um, yeah, I, I I know. But here's the thing: it's almost <laughs> as if there are. Um, scientists who work at these gaming companies who specifically go, what parts of the brain can we trigger yes. to make it to where someone will not get up to practice their bodily functions? Yeah. Where someone would would point their member into a two-liter... Uh, see, that's why you're lucky to be... Because if oh, I tried to do more. that, it would be a... We'd have a, <laughs> oh, yeah. we'd have a problem. So there's more. No, no, no. That, that, that's the worst again. That wasn't a regular <laughs> habit. I might have done it once or twice out of desperation. But, but... Here's the thing. Uh, Blizzard has made some of my all-time favorite games. Like, because even before World of Warcraft, I was a big fan of Warcraft. Like, Warcraft 1, Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3. I still remember the first time I played Warcraft with my buddy uh, Rodney on his, like, slow little two gigs of RAM computer and stuff like that and playing Warcraft. And it's like, I, I loved it, fell in love with it. Then StarCraft came out. I'm a huge fan of StarCraft. Then they have other games that I don't play, like uh, Sugar Crush or Candy Crush, I Diablo. think it is. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, Diablo. Love Diablo. That's a good one. Wait, um, they have they did Candy Crush? Yeah, they also I think they did Candy so Crush. So I was doing a play in New York, and we had to hold the curtain because the lead actor was doing was playing Candy Crush backstage. <laughs> no. And all of us were, were gathered around around because he was about to get to the next level and our stage manager was like what the fuck is going on back there and the assistant stage manager was terrified and on her walkie and she goes um the he's playing candy crush and he won't stop and the stage manager was up in the booth about to i mean yeah we had to hold the curtain for like three minutes for him to get to the next level well that that was thanks to blizzard and then what, what there's a big popular one that they do overwatch well, overwatch and overwatch they also got do, really popular there's call of don't duty they do call of duty too it's because the activision the sub, sub right, right 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 right. yep there's activision as well and anyway they have been like we don't follow a lot of the video game stuff here on the channel but there's been a lot of drama 
going on with Blizzard over the last, I feel like, couple of years. But there was the big, a big sexual harassment thing going on and equality and uh, at least apparently like a, just a really bad environment there. And a lot of different things came out and whatever. And then a lot of people pissed off, including me, about a lot of the changes they made to World of Warcraft. A lot of people started jumping off of World of Warcraft and going over to Final Fantasy. What was it? Final Fantasy... The, the big their big mmorpg i can't remember I, what it was I remember one of those worlds i can't remember i tried playing it for a bit um and it got a lot of people so we knew that maybe a sale could be possible but it's now apparently it's official microsoft is buying activision and by extension blizzard for nearly 70 billion dollars wow nearly 70 I want to put this in context. Ooh. This is close to what Disney bought Fox for. <laughs> I mean, think about that. This isn't this isn't outside of the ballpark of what Disney bought Fox for. That is absolutely crazy to me. Until you think about this. Microsoft has been making a lot of investments lately and gobbling up a lot of gaming titles. A lot of gaming companies, gaming titles, and they are all about their Xbox and integrating stuff into Xbox and their Xbox pass. What's the pass called, Ray? I've got Game it. Pass. Game Pass. Game Pass. Game Pass. I have I have Game Pass, although I've only used it like twice, but I have Game Pass myself. They are trying to create this their own metaverse, if you will, of all this stuff. And it's incredible. Ray, I, you're our resident Xbox guy. You're the Xbox guy here. What do you what do you think about this? Does this excite you? Because I kid you not, Ray. Even when Ray comes over, I, I'm not kidding. Like came over to watch the Cincinnati Bengals game the other day, right? He sits in the dining room to watch the TV, and he brings his portable Xbox oh, with a monitor so he attached to it. Oh, so my God. He carries around. Live. He brings. I around. come packing, baby. <laughs> That's not what you want me packing. <laughs> I'm just packing things to entertain myself. Ladies, where you at? <laughs> so, so he comes with this. He he literally got this Xbox, and then he attached a monitor to it. He carries it around like a gaming laptop. To be honest, okay, here we go. It's because Game Pass, I've never played so many games until Game Pass. Right, I yeah. think it's like there's two, two sides to it. The other side, they don't want it because they don't want subscription services. And the other one is like they love it. And I love it because I could play all these games that I never thought about playing, but also it probably ruined marriages and <laughs> or non-relationships. So what, what do you think of this about, about Microsoft though, taking over Activision and stuff like that? I Does this intrigue you or? I was just telling the chat that if there's a new games coming out, that's great. But whatever they've come out with, I'm just, I just don't play their games. I there's, there's one thing or none of the blizzard ones War, you try. Yeah. Warcraft was just, I played world of Warcraft for seven days during the trial. And I was killing these rabbits and I was like, why? Or whatever the first level is like these little things. And I was like, all my friends were already high level. So they came with their horse and their pets to their side. Yeah. Cause like and Tommy like, and Ryan yeah. and Kevin, they were all playing. Like, and I was like, how, how, how long does it take to get that? They're like, they, they wouldn't even tell me. So I just quit a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's too complicated. There's too many things on the screen. And then Overwatch and Call of Duty, they're just too fast. They're just too fast for me. So, yeah. I mean, so, but it's great for, um, everyone who likes blizzard games and has game pass. That means they're going to put up all the games. Well, see, here's what's something I think a lot of people are going to be excited about because a lot of people thought that once Activision took over blizzard, that it killed their innovation. 
that it just all of a sudden they they started getting quotas about what they were, went how fast they were supposed to do stuff and a lot of people think that some of the downturn in blizzard had to do with activision taking them over so i've already seen online some people actually quite excited about the idea that microsoft who is very very serious about gaming let's hope. is taking them over so i don't know we'll you know, see yeah. maybe i'll get back on world of warcraft i, I don't know i don't know the only thing that this will backfire is if every game they release from all their acquisitions just suck yeah what, what can you do because playstation is a formidable opponent Oh, they, they, had got to buy, all these... they had to buy these things to oh, yeah. compete with the yeah. original PlayStation games for sure. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this whole thing of Microsoft acquiring Activision by extension Blizzard? Do you play any of the Blizzard games? Maybe you don't at all. Are you as flabbergasted by the dollar amount here as I am? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Oh, and by the way, side note, uh, people in the live chat were quick to let me know. Yes, I was right the first time. It was Lily James. Ah, Lily James. It was Lily James, not Lily Collins. I got confused every second. Thank you to everybody in the live chat for pointing that out and correcting me on that. All right, guys. With that down, it's time for us to move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics here in the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. Before we get into main topic number one, though, I, I have to ask you, because I haven't asked yet. Okay, for whatever reason, I, I think there is some kind of cosmic energy that binds my likes to your career. <laughs> okay. Because I love Flash. She ends up in Flash. I watch Blacklist. She ends up in Blacklist. I love Lucifer. She ends up in Lucifer. And I love watching Nathan Fillion show The Rookie. And then she texted me the other day and like, oh, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to I go down to set for the first day of shooting The Rookie with Nathan Fillion. I'm like, what? I, I got to ask. I have no idea. I, it's so strange. Not, not strange, but it's interesting to me that someone such as yourself, who does like, as you said, um, a lot of these more genre based shows, uh, you know, Flash, Lucifer, et cetera, that are, you know, comic book in nature. And then you also like shows like The Rookie and Blacklist, which are standard procedural. Yeah. Um, you know, that are sort of the 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 the, the middle America shows that are kind of a, a cut and paste type of um, episodic television. That's fascinating to me that you enjoy both of those things. It just never occurred to me that you would be a fan of The Rookie. I love, well, I'm a big Nathan Fillion guy. Well, so, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, who's not? I will say this. So there's a thing. I, I actually, I have an idea for a documentary that I've been wanting to talk to you about for a long time. And it has to do with the number ones. And as a guest star, um, so I've never been a number one. I've never been the, been the lead of a series, but I've been a series regular a number of times on different shows. And I've been a guest star many, many, many times on shows. And when you are a guest star, it's kind of like coming in. It's like someone invites you over for dinner. You come in, you eat what you're served, you say thank you, and you just try not to like get involved in any of the 
family drama. (laughs) And you hope that you just get an invitation to come back. But there are some dinners that you sit down to and the food is awful. The dad is drunk. The mom is (laughs) screaming. The sister's, you know, like having an anxiety attack. And you just go, get me out of here. I do not want to come back to this. Please don't say that was the rookie. The rookie was the it it was literally like if they would invite me over for Sunday dinner, I would cancel everything I have just to go back. It was such a beautiful experience. And um, and and I really you credit that with it it all. It all trickles down from the top, because if the star of the show is a is an asshole, then everybody else is probably going to be some version of an asshole as well. And Nathan Fillion, from the from the very beginning, he did what a great number one always does. I'm in the makeup trailer. He comes in. And he goes, hey, Nathan, hi, I'm, thanks so much for coming to our show. It's so great to have you here, which he does with everyone. And I said to him, I go, uh, you know, I've been wanting to meet you for a long time because I'm married to a Joey Buchanan. And he goes, oh, my gosh, which one? Because One Life to Live fans, and I know there's a lot of you out there watching. <laughs> I know everybody out here is a huge fan of One Life to Live Nathan Fillion was not the originator of the role of Joey Buchanan, but he was the most beloved Joey Buchanan. And my husband, Tom Degnan, was also a Joey Buchanan. Played the same role. Played the same role in a long line of Joey Buchanans. And so we had, I mean, he was just really lovely, was kind and generous to everyone. And oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart moment but the guy who plays javelin in the suicide squad right yeah yeah. he was also a guest star in this episode and it was so fun to work with and hilarious and uh the episode will be airing february 27th and it's really fun and boy did they make me work for my money Hmm? yeah flula borg thank you thank you yeah flula was fantastic so funny and um if you want to see me running at full speed in four inch heels um and with my hands cuffed behind my back <laughs> and getting bruised and banged up and I, I, this I sounds was, like it could be a completely different kind of video so i, I <laughs> yes I, I definitely i worked hard for my money that week but it was really great and, and nathan fillion 100 percent is one of the nicest humans on the planet and so if you ever have a chance in some capacity to work with him or to have any experience with nathan fillion or you know what if he is at you know if you're at crotch level on an escalator i highly recommend make sure you say hi yes by the way say I Aaron also, Cummings said hi I also wanted just to throw in the here because I haven't talked to you since it happened but uh obviously the SAG award nominations came out and the SAG awards their number one top their, their version of best picture is best ensemble yes and one of the nominees for best ensemble was a film you appeared in yeah, uh King, King Richard, Richard with with uh Will Smith so I know I mean it's yeah, been a even, pretty good couple of months for it's you it's been a great couple of months I have to say uh that we are being rained down with blessings and I am spending every day just in deep gratitude and appreciation and hoping that this upturn continues for as long as possible but yes the I mean, even though my one scene in King Richard and Tom's one scene in King Richard, uh, I don't think was the thing that knocked the best ensemble over over the edge. But I bet I, it is. Uh, I bet it totally is. That's totally. Thing. Yeah. But no, it was an incredible cast to work with. And I'm I'm really thankful to have a very small part in a very big, fantastic film. And I hope that the rest of awards season and I hope that Will Smith really does well. I'm so happy that he got, um, you know, that he's getting so much recognition. All right. Uh, So, guys, make sure you check out The Rookie when it comes out. All right. With that down, 
let's actually get into our main topics here today. So with all that said, I'm giving Aaron a second to pull him up. Aaron, what is our first main topic today? Well, John, our main topic today, um, sorry, I was on the wrong questions, but I'm now pulling up the proper questions. I was on the later questions. I got the questions right now. The main topic for today comes from uh, Ahmad. He says, hey, John and team. Hey there. Love the show. The past few Marvel movies and shows had a lot of early leaks, whether it's videos, photos, or tweets. What are the reasons for the increase in leaks? And could it be that it's because more people work from home now? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And uh, yeah, listen, it's it was always a big thing. I remember back in the day, it would be a big thing when something leaked from a movie, mm -hmm. like a, like a, a from set, like a photo would come out or something. But it was rare. It would not happen all that that often, right? Fast forward to today, when some idiot who does YouTube videos from his converted garage is getting people emailing me photos from Spider-Man set and other sets and stuff like that, that I don't even think were real, but they were. And now those things, and it feels like that is happening way more often now than it ever has before. So why is that? Particularly with Marvel projects, Marvel and Disney used to be very, very good with their security and keeping things really locked down and nothing would ever come out and all that kind of stuff. But it feels like these things are happening more and more and more, more often. It's not always just literally whether it's audio or visual, but a lot like reports come out. Like we find out like the first reports about Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire literally came out more than a year ago mm -hmm. that they were going to be in the movie. Right? So how is this stuff coming out more and more and more? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. First, let's go to the big obvious one. Today, unlike, say, a couple of decades ago, like in the 80s or something, everybody walks around with a global audio-visual communication device in, the, in their pockets with now 4K, sometimes 8K cameras, audio things, and it's not like back in the 2G era either. Today, we have like 5G and whatever, so people can like take video, crisp video, and within seconds have it shared everywhere around the world. I mean, that one is something we all already know. We, we know that's a thing. Everybody's got cell phones now, so there you go. I'm going to suggest a couple of other reasons, though, why, particularly with Marvel, but more around the, the, the globe as well, we're seeing more and more of these leaks coming out. First is this. I have found that for whatever reason, cell phones on sets are becoming more and more okayed. Like I remember mm. before, like I'd be on set of stuff and it's like, as, it's fine when you're in the parking lot, but if you're coming and say you had to check your phone, you couldn't bring anything with you. I guess that became an issue for more and more people because now I'm actually seeing and hearing from sometimes, I know it's, it's actually becoming quite regular. People can keep their phones in their pocket. Communication is important. So now you have people who are able to actually have these communication devices with them on set. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one thing. Thing number two is, as somebody mentioned in, in their email, a lot of people working from home. Mm -hmm. And when you're working from home, you got a lot of correspondence. You don't have anybody looking over your shoulder. You're not behind another company's firewalls, you know, whatever. A lot of information you can leak out. So I, I think that's another thing. A third reason I think we're seeing a big uptick in a lot of these leaks is also a very simple one. Marvel is doing so much more, so many more projects now than they ever did before. It used to be we'd have like two Marvel things come out a year. 
we're gonna have like six or seven or eight of them coming like at any given moment there's like three or four marvel things in production which means you're like four times the amount of projects which means four times the amount of people because you may have had six or seven hundred people working on one project and it's tough enough to keep leaks down when you got six or seven hundred people involved in things well now you've got like nearly three thousand people four thousand people at any given time directly working on a marvel project not to mention all the other things as well you combine that with all the other upticks and the ease of transferring data and all that kind of stuff as well as the whole idea about more people out there you know wanting to get that like more than ever people want to get all this information and everything right and so you look at that so everything from the proliferation of not just phones themselves and the phone's capabilities the uptick in the data transfer rates going from you know 2g to 3g to 4g to 5g all that kind of stuff to the fact that they've i guess it's from people complaining being able to have more access to their phones while they're on sets all the way down to there's just more people involved now on these things and i think those are the main kind of pillars for why we've seen an uptick in information images whatever starting to come in and out now i'm going to go out on a limb and guess that aaron you've been on more sets than me recently mm -hmm. um but i am curious One or two. for the last couple of things like even just your recent experience being on set of the rookie what was like the phone rules or, or that kind of stuff what and what have you especially through the pandemic and even before the pandemic how have you or have you been able to recognize anything that could lead to yeah absolutely more leaks getting out there oh 100 percent. i mean i was just kind of going through my database over the past you know 20 years of my career or whatever and I, I remember when i did mad men which doesn't even seem that long ago but it was it was you know almost 10 years yeah, 10 years ago was it 10 years ago it was 10 years oh my ago God. i did mad men in 2010 yeah it was 2010 wow. um and so yeah so 12 years ago i i um next month and i remember for the table read we would have to drive down to the studio you had to sign out your script everyone had a number on their script you did the table read and then you had to turn in your script and if you did if they did not have a script with the number that corresponded to the script that you signed out then you were not only fired, but basically Matt Weiner would murder your entire family and everyone <laughs> you ever loved. Um, so so it, it, it was from that where you couldn't even receive a physical copy that you could take home of the script to now I go on set and obviously, you know, Mad Men was a little bit more under wraps and hush hush than say The Rookie is, however, um, even the sides, which are the pages of just the scenes that you're going to be shooting that day, normally for all the actors and everyone in the crew, they print little mini sides. Now they just email them to you. And so all the actors, when you're standing around doing the read through before you start rehearsing the scene, nobody has paper sides anymore. They're all on their phones. Everybody's reading right, the sides from your phones. Right. And similarly, when we would go in for um, wardrobe fittings, for example, it used to be you try on, you know, 
five different outfits for a scene and then the wardrobe designer would either take a po would take a polaroid it used to be polaroids and then they would have to physically bring the polaroids to the producers to see which one they'd like then it went from okay i'm going to take these okay now i'm going to take this card and i'm going to upload all of these images and then they're going to click on the images and drag them into a file to email them to the producers now it's okay i'm going to take a picture of you on my cell phone i'm going to text it to the producer oh we just got approval this is what you're wearing you know it used to be a process would take so long and it's not just with the wardrobe department it's also props it's also continuity for hair and makeup they all are taking those images in real time on the spot and texting it to producers that second. So you're right, if someone is taking a picture of something and they're texting it to the producer, how do you know that they're not taking a picture of something and just uploading it on their Instagram or sending it to someone else to leak? You know, I, I also going along with what you were saying about people working from home, um, you know, the Sony hack that happened however many years ago, five, six years ago or whatever, that was a, a big, um, I think, revelation of just how vulnerable these studios are and how much information can be leaked and how damaging it can be on a number of levels, not just with, you know, photos and information about shows, but also uh, pay disparities. Um, but that's also something that, you, like you said, without these firewalls of people working from their company computers, it's much more easy. It's much easier for someone to be hacked, even if it's not an intentional leak. Uh, the just the safety around technology these days isn't what it used to be. So um, I, I don't really know what the answer is, but it's definitely a it, it's almost like trying to scoop water out of a sinking ship. Right. And anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think is the cause? Root cause? We've offered a couple of things. Thank you for all that insight about what happens on set. Uh, the whole thing about moving away from paper to, to digital too. What do you, do you guys have some other theories about why we've seen a big uptick in the amount of leaks that come out, both in forms of reports and whatever than we did in the past? Do you have, do you agree with the ones we came up with? Do you have some other theories in general? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down let's move into main topic number two Aaron what is our second main topic today our second main topic comes to us from uh, Merp and says greetings everyone last night the highly anticipated trailer for Marvel's Moon Knight was released during halftime Rams were crushing it by the way they were. I thought it was awesome it has got me even more excited for the show as the darker direction looks great what did you all think of the trailer also, what do you think of the March 30th release date? Bring on the filthy. P.S. Ray and Rob, how do you think Moonfall will tie into all of this? <laughs> That's the big question. It's like, how does the this... The ramifications. By the way, did you see they, they during the football game, they played a Moonfall? Yes, I did. <laughs> and I recorded it and I rewatched it over and over again. <laughs> That's That's That was one. a real premiere right there. <laughs> that was the one. Forget, <laughs> forget Moon Knight. It's the new Moonfall one. So, okay. Yes. Last night, the highly anticipated Moon Knight thing came. Now, if you guys didn't know, yesterday uh, we had Rob do a deep dive. And by the way, Rob's not here today because he's off working on another project connected to the John Campius show, which hopefully we'll be able to tell you about very soon. Anyway, yeah, but don't worry, Rob will be back tomorrow. But 
Rob did a deep dive for people who don't know anything about Moon Knight going into all that. So I would highly recommend if you want to know more about Moon Knight, some of the groundwork stuff, go back to yesterday's episode and go check that out. But again, we were all very excited about this, this new trailer that was going to drop. We got a little glimpse before, but we we're looking to get some more stuff out of this. Now, I will tell you this. Um, let me get this out of the way. The one thing I didn't like about this promo the one and only thing I didn't like about the promo, I even put up a tweet about it, was that we literally got, I, I put out a tweet that says, check out the world premiere trailer of Moon Knight, where you will see 1.5 seconds of Moon Knight. <laughs> because they literally gave us, we literally saw him in the costume for like one and a half seconds. He turns to the camera and walks to the camera and that's it. I, I think it was, it was this shot. Mm -hmm. yeah. This was the shot that we got. And it was like, okay, so whatever. So tune in for Moon Knight to get one and a half seconds of Moon Knight. Whatever. That, that, I was hoping to see more. I was hoping to see more of that in the trailer. They didn't give it. That's fine. So let's talk about the stuff they did give us. I thought the trailer was fantastic. I, I really did. I thought it was wonderful. And I love Oscar Isaac. Like ever since you go back to Inside Lewin Davis and stuff like that, and I loved him in, in, in Star Wars, and he's done a lot of different things. I really appreciate him a lot as an actor and I bought into it right away. What is interesting and Rob and I were texting about this last night and Rob said it and I'm sure we'll, he'll talk about it more tomorrow. But one of the things he said to me is like, it wasn't anything that I was expecting. Mm. He said, I was kind of wondering what kind of iteration of Moon Knight this would be. And it wasn't any of them. It was like a brand new iteration based on a bunch of the previous iterations. And I thought okay. that's, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. He says, not really based on any one of the iterations. It feels like a brand new iteration that's based on a number of the old iterations. And I asked him, I said, do you think that could be good? He said, oh, absolutely could be good. He goes, I'm still not sure how I feel about it because I was kind of looking for one thing or another out of it. But for me, I loved it. I think Ethan Hawke is going to crush yeah. this thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved his small little part on that. I'm like, okay, I, I'm in on this seeing the Egyptian God, like the big standing for him. And that's, uh, that looks like what he's beating the crap out of at the end. But it just, this whole notion of this guy who is never sure about when he's awake and when he's dreaming, oh. he literally has to chain himself to his own bed. He constantly is jumping back and forth between what he's seeing and is never knowing whether it's real or he's in a dream. I mean, all this kind of, you had a psychological element to it uh. like that. And I'm like, you got me. This is, I mean, it's nowhere near as different as Eternals was, but this is, again, a new kind of angle that we've not seen Marvel take on something before. Aaron, you had a chance to watch this thing on Moon Knight. I know you are one of the world's foremost authorities Premier on Moon experts Knight. experts on Moon Knight. <laughs> but I know really. everything. Yeah, you I, have, I actually it. wrote the original <laughs> the comic original? book. But honestly, as somebody who I think like a lot of people out there are not super familiar with Moon Knight, you watch that trailer with a pretty clean slate, what kind of impression did it make on you? The slate was so clean, I actually had not even heard of Moon Knight before I watched the trailer <laughs> this morning. Just giving you guys the real. Um, well, I will say this, John. If you make the mistake of inviting me to a screening of this film, I'm going to bring you home <laughs> looking like you just exited the cage of an MMA match. Because you know how I am. Oh, with yeah. Anything with... I was 
jumping and uh, ah, uh. I, I'm a very if you, if you've never been to a movie with me, John will tell you um, I'm a very interactive theater goer. And no, if, I'm going to pause you right there. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to pause you right there. Interactive is an understatement. I the last one. Well, no, no. Well, okay. The last one we saw was you and I were in Vegas and we saw an advanced screening of of Shang Chi. Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. even when it was just fun and cool stuff and Michelle Yeoh is being all badass she's like look at this look at this she's like hitting me but the worst was when I took her to see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because okay look for those of you who don't know Aaron Ray I think you might know this Aaron has a mild case of arachnophobia. All right. A, a, let's say a mild case of arachnophobia. I think it's a past life thing. It's got to be. Like so, one of my ancestors, or my, my past life experience, I must have been swallowed alive by a giant. It's why, it's why I've never been to Australia. I've heard I, about Yeah, yeah. I will what, never go to Australia. So she's got to think will, about spiders. Because of the spiders. She's got to think about spiders, right? So I take her to see Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse because the movie's so great. And I forgot... That in like one moment of the movie, there's a bright and colorful little animated spider that, you know, a monster in, in that is 70 feet tall with the big. eyes and the hairy legs. And I just, oh, my God, so we're watching this movie you should watch it in 3D. We should have watched it in three Wait. days. I would probably have. I would probably stroke out. I would stroke out. Yeah. So I, I would not be okay. Let's not. Let's not open that. So this the scene comes, and the little spider shows up, <gasps> and I and I remember thinking I, in the split second I thought, oh, I wonder if Aaron's going to be bothered by, before I could even finish the thought, claws, are with one of her hands digging into my arm, the other hand of hers digging knuckles hitting me and screeching while she's trying to cover her face and like literally let out an audible screech and yeah so i don't Anna's think like, that my feet touched the floor of the theater no they did until like half an hour after the movie was over and i was like why did you tell me there was a spider in this and you were like it's called spider-man what the what did you expect yeah i so i was a little taken aback but but that being that said, that being said, I I, I do. Um, I am very expressive. no spiders in Moon Knight. No spiders, no spiders in Moon Knight that we know of. That we, that we know, know yes. of. So and and for all of you out there who always give me the spoilers of when a spider is and and say, hey Aaron, shut your eyes at six minutes and thirty seconds. I love you guys. You are doing the Lord's work. I promise you. <laughs> um, yeah, this had me jumping out of my seat. I was so excited. First of all. The um the Cinderella story of Kid Cudi's Day and Night. Can I tell you, Kid Cudi released that song in 2007 on his MySpace page. <laughs> and for all of you who are old as fuck like I am, I remember I had a MySpace page. I remember when that song. I mean, it was. And so to have that jam now, like remixed for Marvel, like Kid Cudi, well done on you. But. You know, Oscar Isaac, uh, good Juilliard kid. I say that as if I went to Juilliard. I did not. Um, but kid, uh, Oscar Isaac, his performance is so brilliant. And the, the reason why I'm okay seeing more of Oscar Isaac than of Moon Knight is because the sheer terror on his face um, was so captivating that 
I went, oh my gosh, this is not a comic book movie. This is a thriller. Yeah, this yeah, is that's going, exactly what came across. This is a movie that will make you constantly question what we are seeing and wondering if we are seeing reality or a dream. And that moment where there's the voiceover and it just says, give yourself over to it. And he kind of just stands there and then all the bandages wrap around him. Yeah. I felt a physical and emotional release in that moment. And when an actor can make you as a viewer feel the physical, you know, uh, feel the emotions right. that that character is feeling, that's incredible and i know that everybody got all, you know there was you were you were very upset whenever i said i did not like the eternals trailer because i didn't I, get upset because fine. i said you know that i felt like i was getting superhero burnout i realized it's not superhero burnout it's just that show me something different this is the way to give me a uh, a superhero trailer you know just show me a different story i saw nuance and and just new and exciting things in this trailer that um it, it wasn't like other things that we've seen um I, I just thought it was absolutely riveting and exciting and then when we finally did see that character it was exciting and oh wow as someone who doesn't know the backstory I felt like um, I want to. I, I want to watch this movie. This I, made me really want to go watch this movie and learn about it. Or series. In, oh, sorry, the series. Yes. Instead of just assuming that I already came to it with a you know a, a wealth of knowledge about this. I the one thing that that also I was kind of like ah was March thirtieth. So so it debuts on March thirtieth, and that's fine. I was really kind of hoping it would debut in February. I was yeah. really honestly hoping that we were going to see this spot and it would say debuting third. Cause I was hoping it would like pick up right after book of Boba Fett is finished. It's run. So March 30th, that's fine. But Ray, you had a chance. Now I understand it's not moonfall. It's not moonfall. No one's expected to be as good as moonfall. What did you think about the trailer? Did you like I it? actually, I actually thought it was great. The, the tones of it or whatever I'm, I'm down with. Um, I think, I hope we get the brutality in moon Knight. It looks like we would. That mm -hmm. we should be getting from Boba. Right. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to just uh, switch that to this show now because Boba, which is on tonight. Yes, it I is. Don't, I, don't, I don't know it's, if it's ever going to give me. You don't think the I'm Vespa gang can bring the violence? <laughs> now that they brought them in, now I see it less of a chance happening because they're kids. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, hopefully, I, 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 I get confused with all the psychotic stuff that goes on. Like if you put... I think like it's supposed sort of, to be confusing. Yeah, some mental stuff in there. I'm automatically confused. So, but what I saw was look great. <laughs> we'll, so see, we'll see. Hopefully, we will see. Question is for you guys: Did you have a chance to see the Moon Knight spot that they finally didn't show us a lot of Moon Knight, but they showed us a lot of good stuff? What did you guys feel about it? Whatever you're thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic. Number three, Aaron, what is our third main topic today? This comes to us from Alexis Peterson. Hello, Campia crew. Hello. I just saw reports that John Krasinski shot scenes in Doctor Strange 2. How much can we trust these reports? And if they are true, who do you think he will play? Everybody wants him to be Mr. Fantastic, but who knows? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Alexis. And listen, I, I, I think it goes without saying. I haven't seen a fan casting as hard 
as John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. To go beyond that, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic and Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. I mean, I mean that has been the, the last time I saw a fan casting that hard was back when the original X-Men movie was coming out, even before that, people wanted Patrick Stewart as Professor Charles Xavier. Other than that, I have not seen a fan casting this hard. And there's been a lot of talk and a lot of whispers and a lot of rumors for a very, very long time that, hey, maybe we can get uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Now, Emily Blunt threw a little bit of a cold bucket of water on that a number of months ago when she kind of mentioned that comic book movies really weren't her thing. She's really not all that down. And she said it the way you should say it. She says, you know what? Not my thing. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, um, who a certain I director. Well, a couple of certain directors. Mm -hmm. Ridley Scott going, ah, those movies are horse shit. Like, like mm -hmm. whatever. No, she said, you know what? Not for me. So that kind of threw a cold bucket of water. But now there are some whispers going around. And, and I got to emphasize this. These right now should be taken under the category of rumors. But they are coming from some sources that have hit and miss, but some track record of, of being accurate sometimes. There are some sources going around saying right now that John Krasinski is not only going to appear in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness as Reed Richards, but they're saying he's already shot his scenes. Mm. They're even going to be so specific as to saying that he's already shot his scenes and he's not Reed Richards per se. He is a variant of Reed Richards from the multiverse akin to something out of Loki. And anyway, this comes to us from the folks over at CBR who write the following. Wow. According to the Illuminati, the upcoming Doctor Strange sequel will build up on the multiverse established in Spider-Man No Way Home. Krasinski is rumored to appear as a variant of none other than Reed Richards, otherwise known as Mr. Fantastic. The report suggests the actor has already filmed scenes for Multiverse of Madness. It's worth noting that there has been no official confirmation regarding the inclusion of John Krasinski, the Fantastic Four, or the Illuminati in the Multiverse of Madness. Details concerning the plot of the film remains scarce. And that comes to us uh, once again from the good folks over at CBR. All right. So this is something I normally wouldn't even bring up because there's really, this is should be considered rumor at best. But there is a reason I'm going to bring it up here. I have heard this myself. I didn't believe it, though. Like I, I had, I had gotten certain things sent to me that suggested that John Krasinski had was number one on set of Multiverse of Madness and, and had shot some stuff. I instantly discarded it. Bullshit. Because I get a hundred of these a day. Right. You got to understand, it's not like oh, three out of every four things I get sent to me end up being true. Maybe I should start paying more attention to them. No, the vast majority of these things that get sent to me end up being completely BS, and I, I pay no attention to them. But a number of, I want to say like six weeks ago, might have been longer, might have been shorter, I got something sent to me suggesting John Krasinski was on set, and I immediately discarded it. So seeing another report come out, and look, for all I know, this report, the same person that was sending me that stuff may have sent them the same stuff sure. and just they believe it and I didn't. So, Or maybe it's something completely different. So when somebody else is coming out now and reporting this, it's like, okay, then maybe we should at least talk about it. But I, but I got to emphasize, you got to take this with a giant grain of salt. Okay, take it with a grain of salt. This is rumor. Nobody else has confirmed this. Whatever. 
But there are a couple of reasons why I think there may be some credibility to this. Maybe. Number one, it's something that I myself had heard. Discarded it, but I had heard it. So that's the one thing. The second thing is this. Kevin Feige seems to be getting more and more into fan service, mm-hmm. which I don't know is necessarily a good thing, but it can be. Fan service is like a tool like anything else. It can be good. It can be bad. But Kevin Feige seems to be getting more and more into fan service. And again, like the the unison call for John Krasinski as Reed Richards in Fantastic Four has been like the world joining hands and singing they want to buy the world a Coke and singing Kumbaya together. This is what everybody wants. Everybody wants John Krasinski as Reed Richards. So taking the fact that I had heard this, even if I didn't believe it, with the fact that it is something that everybody wants, combined with the fact that now other people are saying it, and then you combine that with the fact that this is multiverse of madness. I mean, they can do anything in this movie, which is not, again, necessarily a good thing, but they could literally do anything. And having, even if it's just for a one-picture appearance, because it's not our universe's Reed, it's a different Reed Richards, but having John Krasinski pop up as Reed Richards, it will be likened unto, not bigger than, but it would be likened unto the pop of multiple Spider-Men showing up on screen together, I think. It would be a huge deal. I think a lot of people get very, very excited about this. So where do I put the percentage of this of actually being legit? I'm going to go and say 30%. So still low. That's pretty low. But but hey, it's a one in three shot. (laughs) I mean, that's one in three. That's not bad odds. So I'm still going to keep it relatively low, but I'm going to say 30%, which is about 25% higher than I would have said a couple of days ago. Mm. I would have said 5% before. Mm -hmm. So there could be something to this. By the way, side note, piggybacking on top of that, because all the leakers and, and, and scoopers out there got to think they got it one up. There's also now some whispers started coming out after the John Krasinski thing that maybe Charlize Theron is also in this thing, either as Clea, who is a Doctor Strange love interest, or maybe she's going to be the Sue Storm. She's going to be Mrs. Reed Richards. And the, uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Who cares? Let's focus on the John Krasinski thing for a second. If it's true, like I said, it could be as big of a pop, maybe. As big of a pop as three Spider-Man appearing on stage together. Uh, people have been people were looking for it in WandaVision. Mm. People always thought this scientist, this engineer might be Reed Richards. I was one of the people that thought that could have been a possibility. It would be huge. I love John Krasinski. I would love to see it. I'll give it a 30% chance. Aaron, you hear about this. Number one, what would you feel about this if John Krasinski were to now come into the MCU as a Reed Rich? Is that something you'd look forward to? I and think it would be a fantastic idea. everything you've heard, idea. do you think this could be real? What do you think? I think it would be a fantastic idea, John Krasinski. Uh-huh, fantastic. Uh-huh, I see what you did there. See what I did there? Ha, ha, ha. Um, you know, he, he's also just one of those beloved people in you know uh, in the industry that seems to do no wrong you know and, and i don't necessarily mean that every one of his choices for projects has been spot on and perfect you know everybody has a, a misstep here or there but he just he seems to be able to choose great projects that show his range he's not only showcased himself as a comedian in the office which of course you know 
who doesn't love Jim and Pam, um, you know, but also as a director with A Quiet Place, um, you know, as um, a an action star with the not the is it it's not is it the Jason Bourne franchise? Yeah, yeah, the Jason Bourne franchise. Well, well, no, 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 it was uh, the uh, like um, that the the Red October one. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, what's. What's the name of the character in Red October? I can't remember the now. But yeah, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Yeah, the Jack Ryan. Thank you. I know that it was something like that. And, you know, he he really has showcased himself as an actor who has such a wide range. And now that we've seen that he, and Jim's got in shape. <laughs> Jim from The Office has gotten in shape. Oh, LaCroix. Yeah, he has definitely gotten himself in shape. And uh, as you can see, his range is also including um, uh, Hunt of the Month Club. Yeah. So but that's the thing is, you know, there's not many people who can go from, you know, guy who sits in an office behind a computer uh, to that. Um, you know, he, he's shown himself to be able to carry multiple types of genres and one of the things that we've gotten to know and love about marvel is that they cover lots of genres we want our superheroes to be in shape we want them to be able to do all of the action we want them to be able to fall in love we also want them to be able to be heartbroken and distant we also want them to be able to be charismatic and funny and he has showcased that he can do all of those things in his body of work so i think it makes a lot of sense um, I'm going to go 60% on this. Really? I feel You're going to go really much higher on that. Because there, you know, yes, we always see rumors circulating, but these rumors don't, they're not, they're not getting tampered. They're getting fed. And he himself has even said, that would be a wonderful idea. That sounds great. I would love to do that. And in defense of Emily Blunt's position on, uh, on, on comic book films, she just said that it wasn't for her, not saying that she wouldn't want to do them, but just that it wasn't her first choice of what she's going to go sit down and watch. And if the ultimate test of whether or not someone should get cast in a Marvel film was their level of fandom, <laughs> we would be seeing a lot of people outside of the ones that, you know, are actually in Marvel movies. We would, So it, that is not an indicator of whether or not someone will be doing the role. I can absolutely see Emily Blunt being in a Marvel movie, whether it's as Sue Storm or in some other capacity, because she's a fantastic actress. And that is what it seems like Kevin Feige is really going for is who are the talent? Who is the talent? Where are the talented people? Those are the ones that I'm going to have, um, you know, in these roles. And that's what's going to elevate the material beyond just the superficial. And also, we should point out with Emily Blunt saying, oh, no, no, no. Like I, I the comic book stuff isn't really for me. We just had. 16 months of Andrew Garfield swearing up and down that he was not going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. 16 months of it. Mm -hmm. Is it really outside of the realm of possibility that when asked about an Emily Blunt just, oh, no, no, those aren't my kind of movies. I mean, I look, so if... Actors are professional liars. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so if, if, and I'm only giving a 30%, if John Krasinski was going to be in Doctor Strange... Now, this is an if built upon an if, so follow me here. If John Krasinski is going to be in Doctor Strange as Reed Richards, which I, I give a 30% chance, I would then give it a 70% chance that Emily Blunt will also appear in it as as Sue Storm. Because mm -hmm. well, we've again, seen that they can work the together. Want. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because he directed her in A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. And also, you know, they are parents. um, And I think that we've seen in the past, uh, you know, what was it? Angelina Jolie did Maleficent, I think, because she wanted to do it for her daughter. She wanted her daughter to be able to see. And, And we've seen that many times. We've seen a lot of times actors... Who becomes who become parents choose roles based on what they think their well, kids. Anthony might... Hopkins did Odin for his grandchildren. He yeah. said, "Yeah, you know, you, you, and and I think that that would be really cool to have mom and dad in a you know in a superhero movie together. I think that that would be a, a really cool thing for them to be able to share with their kids. You know, uh, somebody in here watches The Office more than me is Ray." He watches The Office more than I do. I, I am just curious, Ray. I, I just want to know. I, I didn't prep him. He didn't know I was going to ask him this. But th- theoretically speaking, would you be down for, for John Krasinski, for Jim from The Office popping up in something like this and being Reed Richards? I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure he could play the part, but I don't know if it's right for him, to be honest. I don't know. I, I, that's all, I, I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure it will be great. But Reed Richards, if... If the Illuminati comes in, then that brings in what? Namor? If they wanted to have the same lineup in the Illuminati, because you'd have to have Namor, you'd have to have Black Panther, you'd have to have Charles, you'd have to have uh, Reed Richards, you'd also have to have... Who was... Doctor? Well, Doctor Strange is already there, so Doctor Um, Strange. And while I was looking for images of um, Krasinski, like, I think there was, like, a comic thing he posted where the actual comic... I think uh, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks exactly like him. It, it does. Wait, if he grazes so, up his I hair. I mean, you know what? I believe in in the in the dude's acting, so I think he could play the part. Oh, by it the way, be my first choice though. Uh, Neva R. Williams uh, pointed out that also I was forgetting Black Bolt. Black Bolt, Black from, Bolt. from from the Inhumans, which did they it? are never going to mention again. How, how did uh, Hulk destroy him in World War Hulk? I know uh, uh, Hulk crushed. Well, he took them all. He out. crushed Doctor Strange's fingers, which was brutal. Like Doctor Strange was trying to do all this weird stuff, and then he just walked up to them and took his hands and just crushed them. I just think, if I remember right, I remember Black Bolt gave. I think they fought on the moon. If because I'm not, I think they fought on the moon. I could be wrong. Like a, a a loud scream. Well, this is what even a whisper can like destroy a mountain, right? And I, I think he gave Hulk like his best shot, and I that's why he has to speak through Medusa. Yes. Yes. His beautiful and trusty wife with the red hair. Oh, you were up for that role. No, I wasn't. I always wanted to. That's the role you wanted. I was at um, uh, Apple, the uh, Golden Apple Comics, and I was buying some stuff. And then I turned around and I saw the figure of her. And this was when I had red hair and she was like, had her gorgeous red hair. And I go, who is that? And they said, oh, that's Medusa, the Inhumans. And I was like, I want to be her. And I I just love the idea that they have this incredible marriage that he's his because his voice is so powerful he has to speak through his wife and she can understand what he's saying that's just a beautiful love story and she can surf on her hair and that's awesome and that is awesome too anyway guys question is for you what do you think i guess there's really two parts of this question question number one is what would you think about john krasinski playing mr fantastic the second question is do you think it's actually going to happen? I mean, a lot of us did for a long time, then started to think it wasn't going to happen. Now maybe it is. I mean, who knows? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Jump on down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. 
We're going to now move in and start taking your questions and comments here. But before we do, we want to take a second and pay some bills and thank the sponsor of today's episode, the good folks over at Peloton. Check this out. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Peloton. Now, look, guys, it's a brand new year. It's 2022. And if you're like me and a lot of other people, you've probably made some kind of fitness resolutions for the new year, as we often do. But let's face it. It's not always easier, convenient or time efficient to get to the gym. It's easy to become bored and bogged down in the mundane of the same old kind of workout routines. It's hard to get motivated with that. But Peloton has your back. Now, of course, we all know Peloton's bikes, the Peloton tread. You know, Anne and I moved into our new house here. And of course, you know that I ordered a Peloton tread because I love my treadmills. But Peloton keeps working out fresh, exciting, and new to keep you motivated in the new year. Because you know, right now, Peloton is pushing you further with so much new stuff, new classes, new music, new ways to keep you and your workouts fun and motivating at the same time. Now, you guys know me for years. I love just getting on my treadmill. I don't just get on there to jog. I often just get on there to think or do work or do research. I like doing all that. But on top of all that, they have a whole lot of classes that you can do while you're on the equipment at the same time. And listen, going into the new year, they've got a whole bunch of new stuff. For example, they have boxing classes. Peloton is stepping into the ring with you guys with this newest exercise. No gloves needed. You can discover fast, furious, and fun workouts with Peloton instructors right there in your corner on the app. And they're introducing a whole lot more in terms of daily variety in your workouts. Like it's easier to stick to your goals when you keep your workouts interesting. Peloton's got a workout for every goal, every day, and every mood you might be in. De-stress from a long day with a 30-minute strength and 20 minutes of cardio. Do a quick 15 minutes of a total body class before work. Whatever works for you to stay motivated while having fun with bike workouts, yoga, meditation, dance, cardio, whatever it is you need. And right now, for a limited time, try the Peloton app for free for two months. Then it's just $12.99 a month after that. New members only. So visit onepeloton.com slash app to learn more. Now that's two months free at onepeloton, that's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com slash app. The offer expires on January 31st and terms may apply. And again, we want to thank Peloton for sponsoring this video. And once again, guys, that's onepeloton.com slash app. Go check it out. You wouldn't believe how full the app is with a whole bunch of different options. Go check that out. Once again, we want to thank Peloton for supporting the John Campia show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's get over and start taking your live comments and questions, shall we? We're going to start things off here with this. We've got one from James Argenta who writes, I think we will get two episodes of Moon Knight on March 30th or final two episodes on April 27th. So Obi-Wan Kenobi can premiere on May 4th. Yeah, they will probably do that. I, I like, I loved what Peacemaker did. I like this whole thing. Like, you know me, the best thing to do is do weekly releases. That's way better than dropping it all at once. Much more success for your show. But I also like when you drop the series launch with one or two or three episodes like they just did with Peacemaker, because that totally worked for me. I love that idea. All right, next up, Casey Mack writes, 
John, they should have just called this weekend blowout weekend rather than wildcard weekend. Ann and I were talking about that. So it felt like every game you blinked and it was like 21 to nothing in like almost every single game. By the way, congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers. I don't really follow you all that much, but you beat the Cowboys and that makes you good in my books. All right. Next up, uh, Cody Hunt writes, uh, with Leo DiCaprio making everyone watch Star Wars against their will. What are the odds that we will ever see him play a character in the Star Wars universe? Are you familiar with this story? Have you heard about this, Ray? What? Okay. Oh, my God. This is amazing. This uh, is basically like me and Tom, except he just didn't rent out a theater. So apparently this supermodel, I I can't, I don't follow this stuff, but apparently the supermodel was asked about the worst date she ever had. (laughs) And she said, and I, I might be getting bits of this wrong, but the basic gist is this. She said the worst date she ever had was with Leonardo DiCaprio because he booked out a theater privately to watch a Star Wars. I don't know. I can't remember which Star Wars movie it was. No, it was all of them. It was all of them. It was a star. He he booked the theater to have a Star Wars marathon and made her watch all the Star Wars oh movies. Oh, my God. He said it was the worst date ever. And apparently... He was running around the theater. She says he would be running around the theater pretending he was in lightsaber fights and stuff like that as the movie's going on. And she's saying, this is the worst experience of my life. And I remember thinking to myself, fuck you. Leo (laughs) is okay in my books. All of a sudden, my respect level for Leonardo DiCaprio, (laughs) sky high. I'm like, that lady, you have no idea what you had there in front of you. That is the man. That is awesome. Like, to me, it just made me, okay, this story is supposed to be insulting Leonardo DiCaprio. This, to me, just made him awesome in my books. Awesome in my books. Leo, you're good, man. I mean, it, 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 like, honestly, I don't know what she was hoping to get out of it because it actually it in. I understand that. Yeah, it, I can't say that that would be my favorite date if I thought we were going to go. I mean, and I mean, who knows what she was used to? But I think if anything, it makes it sound more like he was so disinterested in anything she cared about that he was like, Hey, you want to go on a date with me? I'm going to do what I want to do, and you're just along for the ride. So if you want to hang out with me, this is what I'm doing. So, you know, and that's pretty much what it sounds like. So it's actually more insulting to her that it wasn't that he was trying to impress her. He kind of didn't care what she thought. Yeah. You know? Now, from the moment the story came out, there have been some people who tried to cast some doubt on the validity of the story, like whether this is actually legit or not. And like, to me, it's it's like one of those things about finding out that I don't know, Dwayne Johnson lifted a car off a woman pinned under who was dying. I, I at some point I just don't care if it's real or not. I want to believe it. I, I want to know this. it's true. And Leo, I will say this. I will books. tell you the story after we're off the air. But I have heard some other stories um, from very reliable sources that this is kind of in line with Leo. Like if you want to go on a date with Leo, you're gonna do what Leo kind of like like if leo wants to hang out and play video games then you're gonna hang out and play video games if leo wants to play basketball you're gonna hang out and play basketball you know it's kind of like you're living in his world so if you want to be able to you know put that notch on your bedpost then you're gonna have to play some video games and watch some star wars (laughs) (laughs) all right uh let's see uh next up we've got where are we at here Rhett Suthius who writes 
Uh, the more I'm reading about Whedon and all that's come out against him and what he has said in his interviews, the more I'm liking him less and less. I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, you guys know what I said about this a few months ago. I was really... Because I am not just a big Joss Whedon fan. I am a massive Joss Whedon fan. Like, this, the content of his that I have watched over the years has been so great. I've met Joss Whedon. Uh, he gave me my Avengers jacket, all that kind of stuff. But when the stuff came out... Uh, with the uh, Buffy cast, that to me was very disheartening. When when the stuff about the Buffy cast. Now I got you guys know this. I got an email from somebody who was on set of Justice League that basically said that most of the cast, not all, but most of the cast of Justice League, all pretty much acted like assholes, like entitled jerks. Uh, and and that, now I wasn't there. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's true. I wasn't there. And so with WB during their own investigation, all that kind of stuff, the stuff that went on with Justin, I don't really give a shit about. Now it's all just TMZ. We're talking about a five-year-old movie that nobody cares about anymore. But when the stuff from the Buffy cast came out, like particularly Sarah Michelle Gellar, who never says anything, Mm -hmm. like Sarah Michelle never says anything. That was to me as a Joss Whedon fan, very, very disheartening and disillusioning, to be honest with you. And, and again, these are all situations everybody likes to pretend like they know what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not there for any of this, so I don't know at all. I will just say it's, you know, it's this type of shit is not good ever to hear for, uh, on any level. So it is what it is, but whatever. Okay, next up. Uh, we got Al Renshaw says, John Krasinski is playing Mephisto. Of course he's playing Mephisto. Uh, d- Mr. Haig Dunn writes, Krasinski as Reed would be one of the worst castings ever. He doesn't have the right uh, presence. You probably mean presence. Uh, someone like Bill Hader or Glenn Houghton does. I completely agree. I th- I think, I think. Look, I'm not one of these guys who's going to say Krasinski's the guy to play it. No, no. There could be 50 guys who'd be great to play it. But I think Krasinski is definitely one of those guys who would be great to play it. I think he absolutely could bring that. So uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, Suthius writes, congratulations, Miss Aaron. Welcome to parenthood. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I don't think I've ever said the name of baby Degnan on the show. Like you've revealed it. Yes. Mm, I don't know. I, 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 I always told people, they said, what's the baby's name? I always said, I'll wait for Aaron to tell everybody what the baby's name I is. I don't so. know. We're definitely not posting any photos right. of him. Um, I don't know if I've said his name. Maybe it's on my Instagram. Maybe. Oh, it's okay. Not. No, sorry. Okay, if you're not wanting to. Say- no, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, but I, I kind of, I'm, for the sake of you know him being his own person and maybe one day wanting to grow up to be in the FBI or James Bond. Um, you know, I'm going to do as much as I can to give him the anonymity that I was lucky enough to have in the '90s. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, well, there we go. I'm glad you mentioned. I that might place. have mentioned it on my Instagram. I don't remember at this point. Yeah. So, but I, but if I haven't, then I won't right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Rylan. Um, let's see, Rylan. Why, why am I having a? Okay, here we go. Rylan Holman writes. I think a lot of what we see in Moon Knight, we have to determine whether it's actually happening or not. Uh, if it's all in his mind, so excited for it. No, see, that's one of the exciting things about it is that I think in the trailer, 
since he doesn't know what's real and what's not, I think we as the audience are also not going to know what's real and what's not. I think at some point in the show we will, but I have a feeling a lot of it we're going to be left guessing as much as he is. And I actually personally, I find that pretty interesting uh, and excited all at the same time. All right, next up, we've got uh, Jose Andres Estrada Vaca who writes, Hey, John, have you checked out the Bob's Burgers uh, trailer? It looks kind of like the Simpsons movie. I have seen it. I'll say this as somebody who's not really into Bob's burgers, not that I'm saying it's bad. I just watched a few episodes. Not really for me. And it's fine. I watched the trailer and nothing about the trailer seemed all that interesting to me. Like when the Simpsons trailer came out, I was like, Oh my God, that looks amazing. Mm. But I, I wasn't now we have a resident massive Bob's burger fan here in the room. Ray loves Bob's burgers. You know what amplified my fandom for it is, um, when I was actually taking the Metro Link to and from your guys' place, um, on the way home, I would sit by this uh, quiet Asian dude, and uh, like finally we got to talking, and he it turns out he was an animator for Bob's Burgers. That's right. So I was like, okay, well, first of all, where's my free stuff? And second of all, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's a, you know, like we just talked, and I think the trailer was underwhelming. I was confused. Yeah. I didn't know what it was about. I hope they release a better trailer. So that's all I could say about that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't think the trailer was great. I didn't think the trailer was great. That doesn't mean the movie won't be great. I mean, lots of movies come out have come out recently where I wasn't really like I, I wasn't really big on the trailers for Peacemaker, and I love Peacemaker. Oh, you, you know the one thing I love about Bob's Burgers is when Bob actually starts cooking something and he's going over things. That's real. That's not like just for cartoon, like when he was like making a turkey for Thanksgiving, he was doing all the methods that I would use. So I, I, I just find that that's fun about it. I don't know. All right, let's move on here. Next up, we got Suthius who writes, seems like Moon Knight takes place in the UK slash Europe. It does feel like that. I mean, I don't know for sure, but it does feel like that from the uh, from the thing there. Uh, Cutter Hale writes, I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to lie. Scream 5 made me cry. Uh, so happy you're back, Aaron. Uh, King Richard was awesome. Yay. Can we talk just about, can we talk about show awesome? How awesome. How, how awesome. Uh, the Peacemaker intro is already bought the scream five steelbook i am obsessed with the peacemaker opening intro i i i've watched it every day <laughs> at least two or three times i if i just say oh, I'm, oh you know i'm gonna put on the peacemaker intro again <laughs> best intro to television in the history of television i cannot believe how much this is the greatest thing ever and it, it tells me that john cena is fearless he'll do anything he does. He doesn't care. It's like, no, you got to make me look good. He'll do the most ridiculous, dumb, stupid stuff if it's for the show. He'll do it, and I love it, and I think it's great. And Aaron, I know, I even emailed Aaron last night. I said, please tell me you've watched this, and I sent her a link to the intro. You just started watching Peacemaker. I just started watching it last night. Yes. Well, I'm, what did you think of well, it? Well, first of all, John Cena can do no wrong in my book. In fact, Tom has told me that. He said, um, if we ever get divorced, which we're not going to, like, I won't let him divorce me. I've already said that. Um, <clears throat> like, no, you're stuck, dude. Uh, you will suffer until you die. Um, but he said, if the day ever came, he goes, there's only one person that I would be okay with you dating after me. Um, and I wouldn't 
you know, take it personally. He goes, that would be John Cena. I'm like, yeah, because he's there. He can do no wrong. He's just the greatest human ever. Um, his, he's done more Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, he really has. Than anyone yep. ever in the history of Make-A-Wish. He's just an awesome dude. And so he can do no wrong in my book. Um, I really was, I didn't know what to expect from Peacemaker and it took me a minute to get into the show, but by the second episode, which, you know what, WandaVision was the same thing. First couple episodes, I was like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I'm just going to stick this out. And I ended up loving it. Um, Peacemaker, it took me a minute, but I got there. (laughs) I still don't get the opener. I don't. And here's the thing. (laughs) It's okay that I don't get it. There's a lot of things that I just go, you know what, this is not for me but that doesn't mean that it's not awesome for somebody else so i'm not saying it sucks i'm just saying i don't get it and that's okay i if it was just him and maybe a few other characters it's just having all of the characters like every random person you see on the show coming through and i just and and i don't like the choreography isn't it just hilarious how a, a muscly big guy just moves like that but no, and that's that's thing. if it was if it were just him and maybe another like one or two other characters uh like variant like i that i think would be funny i just don't like the fact that it's everyone i don't know I, and and i don't like the choreography see that's the reason i love it is because it's choreo it's, it's clearly choreography for people who cannot dance. Right. That's what I that's, love about that, it. That, that's what it made. That's makes, what I love yeah. about it. It is so, clearly for people for Korea for people no, who but can't the dance. Woman who, what's the what's the woman, the badass blonde chick? Court, yeah. Who's Her, actually James Gunn's girlfriend. Oh, really? Yes. Is that why I didn't get that role? I'm kidding. I didn't even audition for it. I didn't audition for it. She's great. She's doing she's great in it. I mean, um, like, hey, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be the director's girlfriend and you know, get the job, she's really talented. It never I, I she's fantastic in the role, but she's also clearly a good dancer because she's really technical with her moves. Like I saw her as a former professional dancer myself, I saw that and I was like, Oh yeah, she has a dance background. Oh yeah, you can tell she's but, got But it's supposed to be a choreography dance for people who don't dance. Like when you see John Cena just doing but yeah. he oh. also best thing ever. Yes, no flex. And they're they're, do, and they're just <laughs> doing this and whatever. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So wait, mm-hmm. you've seen Peacemaker? I've seen the first the first episode and half of the second episode. What do you think about Eagly? Eagly. Oh my gosh, my Eagly. favorite! So my favorite. He like walks over and just I looks at like a dog would. You know, and every time I was literally like laying in bed watching it, and I was just snuggling with Joey. I was like, Eagly. oh, we and love Eagly our gets better. Eagly gets better as the hell goes on. I still haven't seen episode two or three. So. Oh, dude, the ending of episode two. Let Let me just say this. There's an ending that made me go, "What the?" And I'll just say two words: White Dragon. And I'm like. Oh my God! Like I, I was like, ah, I want to see where they go. First, of all, Robert Patrick in this is a piece of shit. Like, uh, dad, the dad. Oh my God, he's awful. Oh, and it just gets it gets more and more awful as it goes. I mean, but but you're like, oh my God, I cannot wait to see what this guy does and what happens to him. And it just, ah. Anyway, uh, I mean, and I love the fact that they, I mean. Because, you know, the whole thing about Pete Davidson commenting at the press junket about John Cena's package. Yeah, I did not. I did not hear that. Apparently, like Pete Davidson made a whole thing about how big John Cena's dick is. Because, of (laughs) course, you know, when we all saw him in his tidy whities in uh, the Suicide Squad, everybody was like, is that 
real? <laughs> is, was that, and so Pete Davidson just kind of put it all out there yep. and went, yeah, he has a massive hog. Like, just... <laughs> Them two have a lot in common from what I hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have heard the same things. Those I was like, it's supposed to twist around like that? <laughs> what? Where's the rest of mine? <laughs> what happened to mine? Genetics. Blame your mother. I know, Our I pediatrician know. told us it's all in the mom's side. I was like, um, it looks like a pretzel. What is that? A pretzel? <laughs> is that Auntie E's pretzel in your pants? Does it have cinnamon and sugar? I might have some of that. No, I won't. What? That Will sweet I? and salty cinnamon dick. Um, but I, I love know. the I love the fact that they actually, you know, poke fun at that where he. <laughs> Flat, flat, flat out says i have a really big dick and she's like i don't care and he goes no it's, it's actually painful like it, it hurts people like i have a big dick um i i thought that was fantastic you know because uh, we were all we get, thinking it how do we get sidetracked on this we're so it all comes back around wow, to john cena's penis. question of the day then question of the day we were all talking right. about me leaving my husband for john cena and now we know no okay there we go no, okay just kidding i'm very happy ah okay let's keep going here uh where was it james wheeler Writes, good morning, everyone. Just wanted to let you know, I went to see Guess Who's Coming to Dinner last night at my AMC theater and loved it. And of course, we were we were talking recently. We covered the story about uh, Sidney Poitier uh, passing away. What like and it's again, we, we emphasize this on the show. We talked about it, but it's got to be said again. We watch that today. You go back and watch Guess Who's Coming to Dinner today and think, oh, this is a very kind of progressive sort of thing. But you, we just can't get it. We, we don't get it. When this movie came out, which is before my lifetime, but when this movie came out, our society was in a different place. Mm. And for, and I believe, I asked Rob about it. I believe the, the, the first um, kiss between a black character and white character ever to take place on television was in Star Trek, mm -hmm. when Ahura and Kirk. Mm -hmm. But before that was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Mm. And besides the fact that it is a brilliant, wonderful movie, it is one of the most socially important movies I think that is ever a, a really a, a true statement about what art, how art can help steer culture. And I, when you go back to that movie again, if you've not watched Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, you got to go back and watch it. The and I've never seen it on the big screen, James. The fact that you were able to see it on the big screen is pretty damn awesome. So I would love to be able to do that. Uh, all right, next up, we got Suthius who says, uh, very interesting to see how MK will fit into the MCU. I have no idea who MK is. Oh, you probably mean Moon Knight. Probably mean mm. Moon Knight. That's what probably means. All right, uh, A. Marcellus writes, since the leaks for Matrix Resurrections and a certain recent Marvel movie were 100% accurate months ahead of release, it makes me wonder if all the insane cameos for this movie are true. Well, here's, here's the thing about that, though. When all people repeat, like this whole, I get these messages saying, oh, man, all the rumors about this movie are true or that movie are true. Like, no, they weren't. 99% of them weren't true. 99% of them were absolutely not true. But some of them ended up being true. But then people look at the ones that are true saying, see, the rumors are always real. No, they are vast majority of the time not. But the ones that end up being real are ones that resurface and stay at the top. And that's all anybody focuses on. They never talk about all the 99% of the other ones that come out that ended up not being true. Um, so, that, yeah, anyway, there's that. All right. Next up. 
We've got uh, Matt Saw writes, Welcome back, Aaron. What are some of your favorite and most memorable set experiences? Well, we mm. don't have 20 minutes to go right. through this, but you have had, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, 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 I was, the other day I was just thinking about all the different things you've been in and done from television and movies and, and stuff like that. If you had to pick out one or two experiences on a set that stand out to you, like these were career highlight, highlights for me. You know what? I, I Yes, you're right. I, that, that could be a very long conversation, but I'm just going to go with something that just popped into my head that was a, a moment that I really, uh, that, that was really beautiful. I did a very small part that ended up getting almost completely cut out of the movie Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, and with an incredible cast, um, Monique and Martin Lawrence and Mike Epps and Apion Crockett and James Earl Jones. And we were shooting in Shreveport, Louisiana, and there they hosted a crawfish boil for the entire cast and crew. And so I had my big plate of crawfish and I'm looking around for a place to sit. And I see that James Earl Jones is sitting at a table by himself. And so I thought, well, I mean, hell, I'm just going to go and sit down and why not? So I go and I sit down. I said, you know, Mr. Jones, may I sit down? And he said, yes, please have a seat. And so yes, I, please have yes, a seat. Please have a seat. And so I asked him, I we just started talking and I said, you know, you've done so many films and now you're working on this comedy and it's a lighthearted, silly comedy. How do you maintain, you know, your enthusiasm? And he said, every film that I do, I pretend that it's the first film I've ever done. Wow. And he said, and it reminds me of the joy that I had the first time that I worked. And that resonated with me because that was the first studio film I had ever done. But I remember the first time that I ever walked onto a studio lot for an audition and then the first time that I ever uh, got to work on a studio lot. Was um, that Charmed? It was Charmed. How it did was... you know it was Charmed? No, you're stuff. I listen yes, when you talk charmed. to the me. The original Charmed. The original Charmed. The Not way, the way back ones. in yeah. the day, yes. When I morphed into Rose McGowan and I threw fireballs as her demonic alter ego, Patra or Pilar or whatever my name was. Anyway, and still to this day, whether I'm going for a meeting or an audition or I'm going to work on the Sony lot or Warner Brothers or any of the studios, I always take a minute and I just kind of stop and I look around and I remind myself how lucky I am to be able to do what I do and that, you know, I and and that I was able to have the opportunities to take a chance to come out here and even try to do it, you know, and that uh, and, and, and that it is a gift to be able to do what you love for a living. Um, and and I, I never, ever want to go onto a set onto a lot and not have that feeling of joy. All right. Next up. We've got Suthius who writes, though I'm Asian, I laughed my ass off when Chris's dad said, Egg Foo Young ain't my thing to the Asian detective and called her chopsticks. The part that I think Ann and I laughed the most at, because was that episode one? Yeah. That was in episode one. Was, was first of all, this whoever this girl's, by the way, I love her in the opening too. The Asian detective oh. girl, her <laughs> little dancers. Anyway, when he calls her chopsticks and then the door closes, and almost, it was like a moment out of like Paul Rudd in I Love You, Man. But after he closed the door, calls her chopsticks. She goes, yep, fork. And it gets a whole conversation about spoons. And she's like, adults use spoons too. Yeah. Ann and I just cracked up. Like, well, fork. It's like, okay, 
this is just a detective character, but I hope she's in every episode of the show. I want to see this detective every single episode of this show. All right. Uh, next up, we've got uh, John Check who writes, Clark Kent is a real do-gooder. After work, uh, he moonlights as the food pantry volunteer hero known only as Superman. Ah, no, no drum shot for you. No, no John check. I didn't even hear him joking. I'm laughing. Not even a drum shot for that one. Um, Okay. Let's see. Where are we at here? Next up, we got the man with the master plan rights. Welcome back, Aaron. Uh, Can't wait for Chris to join as I'm a newbie since 2020. Uh, Moon Knight looks awesome. I hope Jim will be the permanent Mr. Fantastic. Well, first of all, let's be clear. We don't know that he's going to be Mr. Fantastic and Dr. Strange. We don't know he's going to be in it at all. If he is, will it be just a one-shot thing or an ongoing thing? I don't know. And yes, for those of you who don't know, maybe you didn't see the show yesterday, uh, Chris Carr is coming back to the show. Uh, She'll be back. Of course, she stopped being on the show, of course, because of the pandemic. Oh, I thought it was because she offended so many people when she used the term soup goop. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, soup goop. <laughs> or one of her, her greatest, like, like we were talking about, uh, the topic came up. I think I mentioned this yesterday. I can't remember. I still remember. The topic came up about whether such and such a movie has too many villains. And Chris said, well, you know, to me, villains are like orgasms. The more, the better. And so, I mean, there was that and whatever. But I mean, the queen of one-liners. I still remember once the pandemic started, though. And we tried to do everything remotely. Like that was challenging in and of itself. Someone was like putting together Ikea furniture in the background. Oh, it sounded like. <laughs> it just wasn't working with Chris from home. Like Chris, like her setup from home was not conducive. So she had to stop doing the show and then everything transpired. And then we had, but you know, we're so thrilled that she's able to come back now. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to having her back. All right. Uh, next up here. Where are we at? Uh, here we go. Sam Fisher writes. Welcome back, Aaron. I actually just finished a rewatch of The Rookie, so I can't wait for you to show up as someone's weird stepsister or a Black Widow heiress. Yeah, you know the show then. My, <laughs> I won't say who my character is, but let's just say that she's, she's really fun. I, I, It is so surreal for me every time I watch one of my favorite shows and you pop up in it. <laughs> like, I... I mean, I, I might have told this one before, but like the disaster artist, the James mm. Franco movie disaster artist. I still remember we're watching this movie and all of a sudden you pop up in it. And I'm like, motherfucker, she never even told us she was in this movie. Well, I didn't think that I was going to be in the movie. The, really? Uh, you thought they were going to cut your scene out? Oh, I remember the story now. Never mind. We won't dive back into that. Disaster. I will say that. All right. All right. All right. Uh, let's Not see. a good experience. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Sam Fisher who writes, I really like Moon Knight's uh, conceit of an alt alternate personality finding out that he is both not the core personality and has superpowers when okay this goes back to what we were talking about with rob yesterday rob's not so sure that's the way they're going to go now after watching this trailer remember there have been different ways they've approached moon knight before rob laid out a, a number of them the other day it seems like they might be going in a different direction here with this one whether they are whether they're not we'll we'll have to find uh we'll have to find all right um Let's see. We're sorry. I'm having trouble keeping this one updated. Okay, here we go. DJ Infa Desert Eagle Int writes, surely the no way home spoiler questions. Uh, Jawbridge probably meant drawbridge is down in bits. You guys have dropped most of the big go Ray surprising. The big surprises. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We were going to hold off on letting Spider-Man no way home open spoiler questions come in for a while. But the reality is every article now and every outlet and everything is now 
writing all about them. So there's really no point in us trying to keep uh, a bridge up on it. So yes, people can ask about that. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Orange Hand writes, uh, things never heard at Super Bowl. Here comes Dallas. Uh, uh, and, and, and now listen, it wasn't all that long ago that in the days of Aikman and Irvin and whatever, they were winning Super Bowls. They just, it's been, a, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Sam Fisher who writes one of two. I have a feeling the sleeping disorder is really this Stephen Alter waking up after one of the personalities did something because Isaac in uh, that car car chase made it seem like Steven woke up and had no idea what was happening with his wide-eyed WTF look and the way he dropped the gun like that or he's just popped into a dream or a memory and doesn't know what's going on we just don't know at this point so that's certainly a possibility but again when I was talking to Rob last night he's like I'm not sure they're going in that direction now but again we'll have to wait and see we'll talk with more uh, with Rob about it our resident uh, Moon Knight expert uh, once he comes in here tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, next up, Mickey Bell writes, Welcome back, Aaron. Love seeing you in King Richard. Great movie. Great scene. That must have been quite something to see Will Smith work up close. The funny thing is, you got cast to be in the new Will Smith movie, and you were getting ready to go on set and everything and then the pandemic hit i literally had my down. call sheet i had I, I got the call sheet sent to me on friday because i was going to be working on monday and on sunday and i had also just booked an uh the lincoln lawyer which was a new series for cbs that had been picked up picked up for a full season i had just booked a a huge role on that so it was like i'm back baby eric cummings is back <laughs> And then the pandemic happened and the show got canceled and then it moved to Netflix and they recast the whole thing. And uh, and, and the same day that I got the call that um, the show was being pushed, I also got the call that um, King Richard was being put on hiatus as well. And how long, let me ask you this, how long was it between when you found out you got the role in King Richard to when you actually got on set and shot your scene. I shot was your supposed scenes. to shoot on March 14th or 15th, whatever that Monday was of 2020. And I ended up shooting on November 9th of 2020. So like, oh, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Yeah. Like nine and that months. is a huge, that, that is uh, um, only reason why that happened was because Will Smith, this was such a passion project for him um, that he made every effort to to push this movie forward and to pay, you know, they paid a lot of money to put all the COVID protocols in place, which were there. And it was really crazy to be, I mean, it's, it's crazy working during it in, in a time of COVID. Um, so, and that was my first experience back since COVID had started. So it was a very incredible experience, but working, yes, working with Will Smith was also a, that has been and will continue to be an incredible highlight of my career just to see how someone of that level uh, walks in and immediately understands that every pair of eyes in the room is on him. And he was so lovely to the young girls and joking and making everyone feel comfortable. But then when it was time to be serious and be focused, he was there. He, he did for me, for my role, what very few actors have ever done or would ever do. And that was to understand exactly what my triggers were, what I needed to get to a certain place emotionally and to do 
I mean, it, it's hard to explain in a very short period of time, but at some point when we have a little bit more time, I, I would love to talk about what happened that day because it was a really magical experience for me. All right, next up, John Redcorn writes, Boba Fett is the cure for insomnia. I hope it picks up. Yeah, I, again, listen, there are still four more episodes to go. Still four more episodes. They, this show can turn it around. So far, I'm not super thrilled with Book of Boba Fett, but here's hoping it turns it around. Uh, Marie Seifring writes in, Welcome back, Aaron and Joey. Congrats Aww. to you and Tom and your baby. Quick question, how is Joey adapting uh, adapting to uh, baby Degnan? Not well. No, no really? No, it's really bad, actually. It's really bad. Yeah, she is uh, not a fan of <laughs> the new hairless cat that we have adopted. And um, so, yeah, so it's like if I hold a baby, then Joey will at the sit on the bed and stare at me, uh, stare daggers at me with this look of heartbreak and betrayal. <laughs> and then the second that I put the baby down, she'll start tap dancing and kind of... Ah, and then she'll start doing this. So then I have to pick Joey up and just carry her around the room for a while. And we just discovered Joey likes formula. So now when we feed the baby, she will walk over and try to knock the bottle out of the baby's mouth so that we will <laughs> oh, no. give her formula. Oh, dear. So nope. it's a problem. It is a problem. We may have to get rid of the baby. <laughs> so if anybody wants a really cute baby, because I ain't getting rid of my dog. All right. Uh, next up, we got Rafael Castillo, who sends in like a $20 super chat. Thank you, Rafael, Thank for that. You. I appreciate that very much, man. Uh, hello, Aaron and Joey Bishop. Great to Hi. see you back. And congratulations regarding Moon Knight. Oh, and congratulations. <laughs> regarding Moon Knight. It's like, wait, she said Moon Knight too? Yes, I Regarding am. Moon Knight. probably is. <laughs> the trailer was underwhelming to me. Then again, I'm not a Moon Knight fan. I hope uh, the Book of Boba Fett is better this Wednesday, but I'm not hoping for much. We haven't really decided yet. Did we say whether or not we were going to watch it tonight, Ray? I mean, I'm open to trying it one more time. I guess um, doing one more midnight I said viewing. I was in, but I don't okay. know about a bit. I don't know about if it's raining or something tonight. Maybe you I'll live it. five you minutes know. away, but you make me walk here. I do not make you. Walk. Oh my god! You said as a stipulation for being on the show, you have to walk here, man. <laughs> That just for the record, that is completely not true. In I'm, my in my Boba Fett pajamas, make <laughs> crawl here. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. But but I I gotta agree with you. I I need to see with four episodes left. I need to see this show pick it up. I'm 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 saying it now. This has to be the episode because I've been saying, oh, it's building up to something for like two or three episodes. This hat, there's something that has to happen. If I agree. It, if there's something that doesn't catch me or make me want to watch the next one. I'll just save the rest. Time to tap out. Yeah. Time yeah, to tap time out. To I'm going to believe you're right. I'm going to believe you're right. And something we're going to get, we're going to get a really a talk about it on the, around the water cooler next day moment tonight. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed at any rate, cause it needs something. All right. Thanks a lot for that. Raphael. Appreciate that, man. All right. Next up, Sam Fisher writes one of three prediction. Steven was created to protect Mark from himself and moon Knight personalities. He thinks he is British Sent, uh, uh, hence the accent. But Mark is American and will have an American accent. I think the person on the phone knew it was Mark because only Mark would answer the phone or the person on the other end knows about uh, the DID. I'm not quite sure what that is. And can assume Stephen is an alter. I also think the scene is heavily edited. Well, listen, one of the things you're absolutely right about is the scene being heavily edited because we've seen that happen with the MCU before. They have edited scenes together for a trailer that makes it appear completely different than what it ends up being in the show or in the movie itself. So, yes, 
But again, how they're going to approach the multiple personality stuff, how they're going to approach, like whether that's just kind of being replaced with the, the awake dreaming state state thing, whether it's an amalgamation of all that, don't know yet. We're going to have to wait and see. Again, I want to pick Rob's brains a little bit more because, again, all he really said to me last night was, this seems to be a totally, like, from Rob's perception of the trailer, it seems to be a totally new iteration of Moon Knight based on previous iterations. So I, I don't know what he completely means by that, but we'll find out. And you might be right on the money with that, Sam. Okay, next up. Uh, Digovi, right, sends in a $20 super chat to support the channel. Thank you, Digov Digovi. Appreciate that, man. Digovi writes, uh, Feige has been good about giving fans what they want, and Krasinski has said he wants to play Reed, so I don't think it's out of the question. I think it's smart to layer those characters into the MCU before their solo outings. See, I actually disagree with that. I think it worked really well with um, uh, Black Panther by bringing in Chadwick Boseman, introducing him first in Civil War. It laid the groundwork for it. So when the Black Panther movie came out, people already knew him. We recognized him and it created this big thing of excitement for it. And that worked. But I also think it worked really great for introducing Doctor Strange in Doctor Strange, introducing Ant-Man in Ant-Man. Like, so I think that worked too. So Whichever way they go about it, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, it'll be exciting to find out. Dagovi, it'll be exciting to find out. All right. Incomplete Archives writes, I think we'll be getting the first two Moon Knight episodes on the 6th of March, on March 30th, to leave May 4th open for Star Wars, fingers crossed, uh, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. You are the second person, Incomplete Archives, to write in with that theory. And I believe you're right. I think they will. Look, they launched. How many episodes did they launch Hawkeye with, Ray? Was it one? Was it two or three? Two. It was two. So they launched Hawkeye with two. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do that with Moon Knight as well. So I, I personally, I think you're right about that. Uh, okay, we're moving on past Sam Fisher. Here we go. Next up, Sam Fisher also writes, Yelling shut up during the mirror smashing sounded American. Okay, so more on this. Either Isaac's accent slipped during the emotional scene, possible, or that was actually Mark. Again, we may find out that's the case. We'll find out. Again, I really do want to see what Rob thinks about that uh, once we get in there. All right, Addison writes, I can't wait to see Hawk and Isaac's chemistry. Absolutely, 100%. Like, I know you were really intrigued, Aaron, when you saw that handsome hawk was going to be in this thing how well do you think they're going to be able to play off each other well you know what i was i i've never been a huge ethan hawk fan not saying that i've been you know that i that i dislike him but i've just never been i've never been like oh my god ethan hawk i have to watch this movie but there was something about when i saw him i think ethan hawk is going to be one of those actors who ages very well yeah. because he's aging into these dark brooding mysterious uh you know is he evil remember he the, the the movie they they um featured at cinemacon that the black phone yeah. where he plays like a serial killer yes exactly exactly i really think that we are going to see um an, an, an emergence of ethan hawk in a way that we haven't seen him before and he's going to really come into his own in this next chapter of his life um, at an older age, which we've seen happen before in, in, in the case of many actors um, who have success as a young actor and then they kind of go a little bit under the radar and then they emerge with this totally new type of career. And I think that that's what Ethan Hawke is, is doing. And yes, he looks, he looks very fearsome and interesting and exciting. And I think that the chemistry between he and uh, Oscar Isaacs is going to be great. And I'm also just going to say this, I am going to put money down that Oscar Isaac did not slip 
in his dialect. This is a well-trained actor, and I guarantee any differentiation of his dialect was done on purpose. Uh, I don't. Th he he's just. Not, I I don't. I don't think that he's the kind of. And it actor might just be the way it sounded. It was one word. It might just be the way it sounded. By the way, I just want to point out here that in our live chat, uh, Justine J uh, Gilles, uh Justine wrote in on the live chat that Marvel Entertainment has just put on their YouTube channel mm, yeah. a video of Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke reacting to the Moon Knight trailer. So I'm gonna have to watch that after yeah, we're done here. Too. Thanks for sharing. That. I got to see that. All right. Next up, we got Sam Fisher who writes. I wonder if we will see Jake Lockley. Uh, the Jake Lockley personality. I don't know enough about Moon Knight to know about that character, so uh, too bad Rob's not here for that. Uh, JSW writes, a pastiche is a parody of a style slash band rather than a particular song. Oh, thank you, JSW11. I never knew that. I never knew that. Thanks for saying that, man. Let's read that again. A pastiche is a parody of a style or band rather than a particular song. So, oh, so it would be like a Lonely Island. Uh, you oh, know how yeah, they come on yeah. a boat, you know, where they're kind of parodying an entire the whole style of rap videos being on boats, yep. you know, and they're you know about or my dick in a box which was all right. sort of like the color me bad the you know boy band love song ballads it was a it was a pastiche of that particular genre my favorite lonely island song is still has to be the Ch captain jack sparrow song with michael bolton <laughs> that song i mean for because the comedy of it aside that's that's a jam that song is a jam i love that song I mean, talk about like Michael Bolton reframing who Michael Bolton is. You just go, oh, this guy's hilarious. Oh, he's great. And his voice is awesome. All right. Very good. Uh, next up, uh, Sam Fisher writes, of course, this is all assuming we will have DID. Again, I don't know what DID is, but we're still talking oh, about it. Oh, they were saying it. Disassociative, disassociative identity disorder. Oh, thank, thank no, you. Thank, you, thank you to the live thank chat. Thank you for the live chat for everybody for that. All right. Uh, let's see. Rampage Predacon. Uh, just sends in a super chat to be supportive. Thank you, Rampage. Uh, Vincent Moore writes, the Moon Knight trailer looks amazing. Bring on uh, bring on the Midnight Sun, which is a, something a lot of people have been talking about, not just because of Moon Knight, but other character introductions as well. Again, look, whenever we see certain characters people uh, come up, everybody thinks, oh, they're building up to this. Like, oh, we've got, uh, what's her name in Hawkeye? Uh, what's... Haley? Yeah, but what's her character's name again? Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop. You know, oh, we got Kate Bishop, and they they kind of inferred, implied this person. They're going to have a Young Avengers. Uh, maybe not, maybe no, but but the Midnight Suns is something a lot of people have been looking at. All right, uh, let's see. Andy writes, I laughed my ass off when Peacemaker got laid and yelled freedom. That was so <laughs> funny. That was intense and that. completely, I was like, oh, oh, I was not <laughs> expecting this from John. Like, they, they really go there. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're right, yelling freedom as he's having sex standing up with... By the way, that girl's hair was awesome. Yeah. That and girl's also, hair was awesome. She, I, I was actually... I wanted to look up who she is because... And I was actually really happy because her character got to do so much more. I was... I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed initially in the sex scene because I was like, oh, great. We're just going to have, like, this chick that we just see and, you know, we see her boobs and she's getting you know, bent over and have sex in the hall and then we're never going to see her again. So to see the incredible fight scene yeah. that she then got to turn around to it, I was like, okay, there you go. That, that I like that. that and that's just the fact that they're having this 
amazing fight scene in his tidy whities and, and her, her blonde, blonde panties, panties is amazing like, okay. and then she just like jumps off the building and yeah that was and then eagerly comes in at the end and just uh, yeah the whole thing it was great it was so yeah. great okay uh let's see andy writes oh no that was andy uh sam fisher writes do we know who hawk is playing i don't uh bushman moon knight has another villain sun king who is powered by Ra, the way mark is powered by i always mispronounces uh konsu uh maybe him might be but i have a feeling like rob suggested to me once that it might be a completely new character for the show i don't think it will be uh, again Roz, rob's the one who's more kind of uh vested in moon knight than me i just buy him figures that's all i do all right uh next up uh Degovi writes moon knight looks awesome seems to have a very different tone did you catch the doctor doom easter egg during the truck scene so apparently i did not see this myself but there are people saying that written on the side of something is von doom which of course is victor von doom aka dr doom that does not necessarily mean if it's i didn't see it myself so some people will have to send me a screenshot uh, if you guys have a screenshot of that email me at john at the john i'd love to see it but even if it's there it may just be a fun little Easter egg. We have seen many, many times Marvel has something like that planted, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It is just there as an Easter egg. Or it could be something else. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, uh, next up. Let's see. We are, again, back to Sam Fisher, who writes, uh, this is also the first Disney Plus show to completely introduce a new character. So the trailer didn't even feel like a trailer to an MCU property. You're right. So like in other... We've had, we've had new characters introduced in Marvel Disney Plus shows so far, Kate Bishop being one of them, but that was in a Hawkeye show. This really is the first Disney Plus show that's completely based. Obviously, we got She-Hulk is coming, who's going to be completely new. Ms. Marvel is coming, which is going to be completely new. But this is the first one out of the gate of a completely new character, and it is going to be really interesting to see how they go about this. All right, uh, let's see. Next up, uh, JW writes, hey, John. Another fun fact about The Expanse uh, is Jean Yoon, uh, Yoon, a.k.a. Uma from Kim's Convenience, uh, was also in the show as a Martian ship captain in season one. I did not know that. Somebody pointed out to me the other day that Simu Lu, Shang-Chi, um, who is from Kim's Convenience, actually had a, a bit part in uh, The Expanse at one point. But Uma was also in there. I, now I'm going to have to go back and look for that as well. Thank you for giving me that little heads up, JW. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, if John Krasinski is Mr. Fantastic, do we cast Rain Wilson as Dr. Doom? Can I just say, Rain Wilson is a guy who we have really not seen or heard from much. I mean, he was in Megalodon with uh, Jason, the Meg, with Jason Statham. It was fun seeing him in that. But after The Office, Fox gave rain wilson his own little cop procedural where he plays like a, a drunken kind of a louse of a cop but he's actually a really good cop and whatever and i can't remember anybody in the live chat remember the name of that uh of that uh, rain wilson show but i remember watching it and i thought you know what this is actually pretty good this is actually pretty good and it finished its first season and then no and then it just got got canceled and i don't even see anybody in the live chat remembering the name of it yeah that's that's how fast it kind of came and went but it was kind of good and i liked it and and i remember thinking you know rain wilson he was a totally different 
type of character than what he played on The Office. And I remember thinking, man, he's actually pretty good. I'm actually in a movie with Rain Wilson. Backstrom? That sounds like it could have been it. That could have been it. Because it was the name of it was the name of his character. So that could have been it. A few people are saying uh, Backstrom. So that's probably it. I was in a movie with Rain Wilson. What was that? It was called The Rocker. Uh, it's got Emma Stone. And it's it kind of came and went. It was this thing where I think Rain Wilson, he's obviously an adult and he always had dreams of being a band, never happened. And then he joins this band of high school kids and he plays the drummer of high school kids. I am in the movie at the very end in the arena as they're they're playing their big concert and I'm standing beside the girl, Emma Stone's uh, parents. So like you see me for a second in the audience, the camera's on me and her her parents are going, did you win a contest win a walk-on role in a big studio movie like how did that how did that come to be? no this was back when I, I was doing the movie blog and studios just started inviting me to be an extra on things they were shooting in toronto mm-hmm. toronto oh, okay. that's how i got on the incredible hulk that's how i got on uh jumper that's how i got on that one so mm-hmm. yeah so i am in a, me and rain wilson you know i i refer to him as my cones my co-star on that so anyway. i actually I'm, i was going through we've been doing a big purge of just you know stuff that's been building up in our house and i went through a whole huge pile of paperwork and i found the pay stubs for my first role for my first background work on the movie 54 with really? selma hayek and ryan Phillippe. And Brecken Meyer, who I would later play the wife of, of on Good Girls. And I told him that. I said, you know, my very first extra role was on was in 54. And he was like, what? So, uh, yeah, I found the actual pay stub. That's- Tom looked at it and he goes, $50? $50? I go, yeah. It was big money when you're a college kid and you're broke. So, yeah. The extra work was, was not bad, too, because I remember I would get paid, like, Probably 120 bucks for for oh. hanging out on set for the day. That was that's a sag rate. Yeah, I mean, I mean back in the day that was a sag rate. Because yeah. they were they were paying 10 bucks an hour, mm-hmm. and you'd be on the the set for about 12 hours. Yeah, and yeah, so it's like craft oh. services, playing yep. card games with the other extras, eat, eat food all day. It was great. Yeah. All right, uh, Andy writes. I can't believe we live in a world where between Peacemaker and Hawkeye, the small DC show gave a far superior musical opening than the big MCU show. <laughs> I'll tell you this, other than WandaVision, which I I still think WandaVision is an absolute triumph. um, I think Peacemaker is better than any other Disney Plus show so far. Uh, MCU Disney. I'd still probably put Mandalorian over it. Mm. But uh, better than any other MCU Disney Plus show. Granted, we're only three episodes in. Peacemaker might go to crap. Once we get into episode four, but for now, I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, Power is power rights. Can't wait to see Moon Knight. Feels like MCU meets Memento. It does kind of, yes. Meets Fight Club and an all-expense paid trip to Shutter Island. Power is power. That is the greatest layout for what we're seeing in Moon Knight I've read yet. So full marks to you, Power is power. Well said. All right. The horny Ewok writes. John, are you excited for the next episode of Boba Chete? Uh, Boba Fett meets Machete. Also, welcome back, Aaron. Um, I, you know what? This is where I am right now. I'm not excited about the next episode of Boba Fett now. I'm, I'm, I I think Ray and I have decided we're going to watch it tonight. Mm -hmm. We're going to watch it. But I'd be lying if I said I'm excited to watch it. The, The last episode took that all away. I'm hoping tonight's episode 
that Ray is right. And we're going to watch this. And then I will be excited for the next episode after this. But I, uh, Ray, I don't know. This is it. Is it? This is it. Period. <laughs> we're going to put the period on this. Last chance. Thing. I, I do like the song, though. I do. The music? I don't know why people don't. Not a lot of people like the song, but I do like the Boba Fett song. So. Uh, I, I just, oh, just the Mandalorian one is so good and memorable. But uh, there you go. All right. Uh, let's see here. Next up, Andy writes. Uh, one of three random movie crossovers: Wrath of Ant Man, <laughs> Knives Inside Out. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good Knives Inside Out. That's great. Uh, E.T. the Extra Terminator and <laughs> Transformers: The Dark of the Moon Fall. There you go. Uh, horrible Bosses Baby. Uh, I now your best one is still Knives Inside Out. That's still your mm -hmm. best one. Um, let's see, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom of the Opera. Okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. good. That's a good matchup too. Uh, the two popes. Pope's Fiction, uh, uh, sort of around. 2012 Angry Men. That's <laughs> that one's not bad. A Beautiful Day in the Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising. Logan, um, was there a part? Yeah, three? It, it, it's up there. Keep going. Yep. It's okay. Uh, Logan Lucky. Oh, that's that because that's is what it's called. Snake Eyes on a Plane. Yep. That's a pretty good one too. Uh, and my favorite Black Panther Jackass Forever. Uh, which of these random crossovers would you look forward to the most? Well, I don't know which one I'd look forward to the most. But I still think your best word matchup there was Knives Inside Out. Yep. That's that's clever. As was. The fan, the Star Wars episode one, the Phantom of the Opera. And That's ET, the extra Terminator. The extra Terminator. That, yeah, that one's not bad too. Because I could see that happening. All right, next up. Jose Andres Estrada Vaca writes, Hey, John, why do you think there hasn't been another Madagascar movie in the franchise? Uh, the franchise was beloved and it was financially successful with the trilogy. I think it probably just decreased as it went. I mean, that's the other thing. When you start seeing to the trajectory, at some point you got to know when to call it a day. And I think the trajectory of, of the franchise was probably in the negative, I'm guessing. Other than that, I don't really know. Honestly, I never thought any of the Madagascar stuff was very good. I thought the Penguins were fun. The Penguins, I, I, I kind of liked at first, but I don't think any of the movies... Like I, I thought the first one was okay, and I thought the second one wasn't very good, and I kind of lost all interest in it after that. But I don't know. It's a good question. Whatever did happen to it? I mean, my God, they're still doing... Um, what's the one with the, the, with the woolly mammoth? That Ray Romano oh, does Ice the voice Age. Of. I, they're still doing Ice Age. There's a new Ice Age series coming out. That makes money, though. Ice Age does yeah, pretty well, right? Probably, for, I, for what it is? Probably does. I mean, they're still going with it. All right. Uh, next up, let's see. Cutter Hale says, my favorite Weird Al song is Tacky. Because I'm tacky. <laughs> uh, with Amish oh, Paradise oh, <laughs> being a close second. Can't wait uh, for the movie. Also, I lost. Uh, I think Lost City looks fun and a great cast. It does have a great cast. I one of my favorite ones too. Yes, Amish Paradise is great. Done to the thing of Gangsters Paradise, but also um, White and Nerdy. I actually have a sweatshirt that I a hoodie that I wear on the show sometimes it says White and Nerdy instead of Riding Dirty. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Go How does the, the anyway? It's the one where he goes and um, the only thing that I find hard is do I do do I Kirk or do I like Picard? Anyway, yes, it's <laughs> the song's called White and Nerdy. If you haven't seen the the Weird Al music video for White and Nerdy, go look at it. It's absolutely hilarious. Okay, uh, that was part three of Andy. Then we've got Raymond Verada who writes. If Sam Fisher wants his Sam is writing a lot of questions, what's John Krasinski's Mr. Fantastic and Ray Wilson as Dr. Doom, bring in Pam as Sue Storm. Sorry, Emily Blunt. What is the name? James Gunn's ex-wife. Who played uh, Pam on Fisher. the office? What's Je that? Je Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher. I don't know why. Jenna. Oh, hello, Joey. Um, I don't know why Jenna Fisher isn't in more stuff. 
Sorry, I got I got Joey sniffing at my. Feet. We said James Gunn is her ex. Yeah, they were married. They were married for a long time, mm. um, and it, they still they still social media post about each other like uh, very all very positive and very great and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, I don't know why she hasn't been. I think she's wonderful. I remember I, the first time I really noticed her too was in Slither. She kind of played. Yeah, she was in Slither. She played with Sharon Stone and William Baldwin. No, 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 no. The James Gunn. Oh, I'm Gunn. thinking Sliver. You're thinking Sliver. <laughs> sliver. I was like, whoa, I don't. That's out of character for that. That's... No, that's a very different. That's a very different movie. Very different talk movie. about gratuitous sex great, scenes. Great soundtrack, though. Um, but I, I, I don't know why she's not in more. I love, what's Jenna Fisher, right? Maybe yeah. she's just enjoying all of her residuals and living her life. And, well, and her and the girl who played. Angela Kinsey. Angela. They've yes. got their office ladies podcast yes. apparently is very popular and angela kinsey as am i is a crazy cat lady she's which I absolutely a crazy respect. cat lady yes all right uh let's keep going here uh that was raymond next up uh roscoe uh truman writes a uh, uh, microsoft just bought activision which has warcraft in it yeah we were just talking about that earlier roscoe huge deal now i'm sure it's going to face some government stuff is going to want to look at it and see if this can all happen but if it goes through it is almost a 70 billion dollar deal 70 billion dollar deal which is just crazy uh the horny ewok writes john what do you think of ben affleck's comments about the future of movies slash dream saying theaters will only be for marvel movies in the future well i mean we for many many years like i remember like six or seven or eight years ago george lucas and steven spielberg kind of said that they said that you know in, in the near future it's just the big blockbusters are going to be there no but i don't know if that's true like we just saw scream this low budget whatever thing make over 30 million dollars on its opening weekend which is not huge blockbuster numbers but it's it did quite well we've seen a number yeah, of yeah but that's also still part of a franchise i'm good thank you ray thank yeah you but ray. a franchise that like the last movie made 30 million dollars domestically the one before that only made 80 but i mean it, it shows that these things can still happen it can still work they're not just for the big 200 million dollar blockbusters it mm -hmm. can be for the 15 20 million dollar stuff right and i think um uh uh jason blum with mm, blumhouse oh yeah. is blumhouse kind of proving to great i mean blumhouse literally stephen blum wakes up on a sunday goes for a walk reaches into his jean pocket sees what money is still left in it from last night like buck 50 or whatever it's like i'm gonna make a horror movie with this <laughs> and then he makes a movie and it makes like 70 million dollars yeah. like it's kind of crazy so i don't know we'll have to we'll we'll have to see how that kind of uh, comes around all right uh, Sam Fisher writes, pastiche, remain more pastiche, intimate, uh, this, uh, intimate the style of an artist or work. For instance, Squadron Supreme is a pastiche of the Justice League. That is a great example of that, actually. That's a really, really good example of the use of the word. Um, uh, where are we at now? We are at Russell Amador writes, just epic trailer for Moon Knight. I can't help but wonder when he'll share screen with Blade, Black Knight, and hopefully Ghost Rider. Of course, we were just talking about that a little bit. And hey, listen. Mahershala Ali, two-time, two-time Academy Award winner, Mahershala Ali. The coolest. The coolest. The coolest, man. He just oozes cool. He oozes cool. When he talks, the way he dresses when he talks about other people, when he talks about his life, he's just so cool. Everything uh -oh. about him is slick. Mm -hmm. Mahershala Ali, two-time Academy Award winner, is of course Blade, Woo. and he made his first appearance, even though you didn't see him on screen, 
as Blade in Eternals, in the post credit scene of Eternals. So if he's already starting to pop up, is there anything saying that we may that we won't see a cameo appearance by him in Moon Knight? Oh boy, that's what I'll be watching for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I mean it could absolutely happen, Blade. Russell. Could absolutely happen. All right, next up, Casey Mack writes. I think Moon Knight looks great. Can't wait to see what they bring uh, us for this series. I agree. I mean, look, one of the things that really excites me here, Casey, is the fact that, again, like Eternals and a few other things, it just looks so different from what they've done. And that's going to become more and more difficult to do. So we'll see how that rolls. All right. Next up, uh, where are we at? We're at John Checks, who writes, big surprises starring Chef Pleasures (laughs) and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, Kiss Kiss uh, Gang Bang, (laughs) directed by Twilight Boy. For those of you who don't know, I once accidentally... When talking about the great um, Robert Downey Jr., Shane Black film uh, with Val Kilmer, Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang, I once, once, accidentally. Oh, accidentally. It was accidentally. Absolutely, John. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Because you are so known for never saying anything that might be a little filthy. But I will do that on purpose. The one time I accidentally said, I was referring to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and I accidentally said Kiss Kiss Gang Bang. <laughs> and come on, now you'll accidentally do it too. But that happened once. No, like, I won't do it accidentally. That is now that how is I will refer to the movie every single but time. It might have been with it might have been with you and Chris. It might have been during well, a show it that probably was. And I accidentally said I can't that. say that anything that when the three of us are together, it, it, it's all all bets are off. I and I said that, and ever since it has. It always, people, it just, it's, I'll never live it down. Nor should you. I will never be able to live it down. So it if is, it was uh, you, Chris, and Aaron, then you were the one that was getting gang banged. I don't know. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not really how it works, Ray, but that's. We turned him into our sloppy bottom. Oh, my God. <laughs> you must have not had breakfast that day, John. What? How did this become a gang up on me show? Let's move on. Next. Let's move on. This is becoming an awkward subject. I just was, you know, trying to keep it up. Let's go. All right. Next up, uh, we got Dagovi writes. Uh, right. The box is behind Oscar Isaac's head when Iz is driving the truck. In the trailer, say Von Doomstent. Which, which is the first direct reference we've had. Again, it might be a direct reference. It might be an Easter egg. We don't know. But either way, I'd love to see a screenshot of that because I'd love to see that. Okay. Uh, Jack Graham writes, the new Batman movie is two hours and 55 minutes, according to IMDb. Are you surprised that the movie is nearly three hours, which will make it the longest Batman movie, considering there are less uh, there are less main characters compared to the other movies and by the way jack sent in like a 23 dollar and 85 cent super chat with that thank you so much for that man i appreciate that very much um i i have not seen any official report that says it's two hours and 55 minutes and imdb for a movie that has not come out yet is not a good reference for information just so you know for movies that have already come out excellent source of information for movies that have yet to come out not very reliable not saying it can't be two hours and 55 minutes it might be but i'm not willing to hitch my wagon to that just based on that so we'll have to wait and see if it is i'm not terribly surprised it seems like these big superhero epics are starting to skew longer and longer which is not necessarily a great thing but it can be depending on the movie 
So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, let's see. And then just a couple of super chats to be supportive. Uh, Fond Fuel writes in a $20 super chat badge just to be supportive. Thank you, man. Birdies by Ben sends in a $10 super chat. And Fond Fuel also sends in another $10 after that. Thank you guys for sending those in just to be supportive. And uh, yeah, that is it for all of the live questions that you guys have sent in. We've still got a few minutes left here. So we're going to go over and start taking some of the questions that you guys have emailed in using the tip link down below. So uh, Aaron, what do we got in here from people sending in those questions there? Well, first, John Martin says, hey, John and Robert. Robert is not here, but not Ray today. and I say hello. Hello. Uh, talking of Forbidden Planet, my dad told me years ago that this was the first movie his mom took him to at eight years old, and it scared the crap out of him. He took me when a classics theater showed it here as a teen. It was great. Yeah, we were just talking about Forbidden Planet yesterday, and but again, these memories, that's one of the great things about movies, is your experiential events and the people we share those experiences with, they become bonding moments. And the very fact that you remember that and tell that story, John, I think is awesome. Thanks for sharing it, dude. All right, what's next? Dylan Davis says, hey, John, you think Sony will try to capitalize on No Way Home's success with Raimi's Spider-Man 4? I know you made a video on it before, and it seems like a bigger financial guarantee for Sony to make than um, the, the Amazing Spider-Man Spider 3. Spider 3 because of the legacy of those films. No, I don't think so. I, I, I honestly, I really do think that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were one and dones, but I would be all for an Amazing Spider-Man 3. I honestly think out of Spider-Man No Way Home, the guy who came out looking the best, I mean, don't get me wrong, Tobey Maguire was great, but Andrew Garfield, I think, came out as the standout. I, I think, to me, he is my favorite Spider-Man now, so I would love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen, but who knows? We'll see. All right, what's next? Kay Major says, I can't wait for February 8th. It's the first time in many years that I'm excited for the Oscar nomination. It's Yeah, it's been a couple of years, you know, like last year when they shouldn't have even had the damn things. Mm. Uh, hindsight, but... I am very excited for this year because the potential, just looking at the SAG nominees, the, the categories are stacked. Absolutely stacked. I, I agree with you, K-Major. I'm very excited to hear about the nominees coming out. It won't happen because February 4th, moon falls. <laughs> There's nothing. Nothing will be left. And the Academy will be like, wait a minute. We got to rethink all of the awards. Exactly. Now that we've seen Moonfall. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the best. You guys just watch. <laughs> all right. What's next? Korea God Soul says, hey, John, what's up, Rob? Hello, Aaron, and good day to you, Ray. I love the God of War games. Do you think that they will ever make a God of War movie? I think it's very cinematic and is ripe for the picking. I have the PS5 game for you, The Shadow of the Colossus. Ray was playing Shadow of the Colossus over here at my place. Yeah. You like that game, that. right? That, I remember those that. games are awesome. I'm telling you. Nobody can touch PlayStation's original games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Xbox, but they just got the upper hand there. Like story-driven games, whatever. But God of War, there's got to be some blood and some heads on the floor if you're going to do that movie. Uh, I'll That's tell you what. I, I never played the game. I never played the game. What I did was I went through and I played or I, I watched the cutscene movie that ended up being like eight and a half hours long. And it is very cinematic. It, it, it's very few, like everybody thinks their favorite game has great story. Okay, yeah, it has great story for a game. Very, very few games actually have legit great storytelling. Uh, Last of Us is one of those. I think Uncharted can be one of those. God of War is definitely one of them. And I would love to see them do that. And I, I think it's got everything you need. Great story, 
big epic kind of scale. It's got great mythology and it's based on popular IP. So, I mean, it's got a lot of things going for it. So I think that could be great. And wasn't Dave Bautista rumored? We did a story along because I remember making the graphic. I think he was rumored to be playing Kratos for a while back. I don't, I don't know, know that he could pull it but, off. Yeah, but you know. It's, Maybe. Maybe. All right. What's next? The next question comes to us also from Korea Got Soul, who says, Hey, John, what's up, Rob? Hello, Aaron, and good day to you, Ray. I think we just said that. <laughs> I recently watched Les Miserables with Anne Hathaway. Great movie, but I was a little confused because she was the she was only in the movie for about 20 or 30 minutes and then won the Academy Award for Best Actress. Best Supporting, uh, best actress. supporting actress. Excuse me. That got me thinking about my Mahershala, Ma, Ma, Mahershala, Mahershala, thank you, my Mahershala Ali winning his Academy Award for Moonlight, but he was only in the movie for about 10 minutes. My question is, how long does a supporting actor have to be in a movie to win these types of awards? All right, thanks a lot for, for writing that in. Look, this goes back to, what was it? Shakespeare in Love. I think it was Judy Dench. Was it Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love? I think it was Judy Dench, um, who won Best Supporting Actress. And I think she was in two scenes. I mean, I, I think it was might have been like five minutes of screen time. I remember John Hurt or William Hurt, mm -hmm. I think, was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a History of Violence with um, who is the lead in that? Uh, oh, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen, right? Mm -hmm. I th He was literally in it, I think, for like three minutes. The term supporting actor and then uh, Christian Bale won Best Supporting Actor in the fighter even though he was the lead of that film yeah. he was the co-lead of that film and he was in the majority of the film the term supporting actor is very loosely defined well I, I, surprisingly and i'm reading this from an article from rebecca murray surprisingly there are no concrete rules on the amount of time an actor spends on the screen when it comes to determining the eligibility for the lead or supporting actor actress usually it comes down to what a, what category a studio thinks an actor or actress has the best shot at getting yep. at getting considering the competition. Yeah, which I've always said is absolutely bullshit. Yeah. Guess what? You don't get to have, wow, man, you know, um, I don't know. Ryan Gosling was great in this movie, but I, we don't think he can win in the best lead actor category. Let's submit him for best costume design. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he wasn't the costume designer. Ah! who cares if you're going to have a category like they have they have rules that determines what is the difference between a feature length film and a short film mm -hmm. they have rules they have numbers they say here's what here's the criteria you got to meet they should absolutely if you're going to have these two different categories of acting awards you need to put in rules what defines one you can't just let studios go you know what we don't want to have Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale competing against each other for not to mention that was the same year that uh, we were just talking Colin Firth. It was the same year that Colin Firth was nominated for best actor for the King's, King's speech. speech and ain't nobody was going to beat him that year. So they're like, well, Christian Bale can't actually beat Colin Firth. So let's call him best supporting actor, which and is as, crazy, which was crazy. And as a result, Andrew Garfield, who I thought was the best part of the social network, and yeah. I thought absolutely, maybe even could have won Best Supporting after that. He lost his nomination because the studio said, ah, let's just call him Best Supporting. If you're not going to define what it is, then get rid of it. Right. I mean, I, well, you're, you're an actress. You write your Oscar acceptance speech every time you get a role. Absolutely. Like, like don't. how do you feel about it? Should they no, make I the... No, I, I mean, first of all, I, I think that the... 
my personal opinion, I think that the best supporting actor category should be eliminated because let's face it, we only have one category for the entirety of costumes. And there are many aspects of costume. There's not just like one thing that there, there are many people who work in the costume department. You know, there's so for so many things, I mean, we have sound design and sound editing, which are obviously two different things. So I guess you could say there's two sound categories, but I really think that the addition of extra actor categories is just to have more star appeal for the show to increase eyeballs on the show, which I understand that. But if you are not going to differentiate it, um, then it is really a useless category. And so I think that either get rid of it and don't make the Oscars that long or make it an actual category where an actor who doesn't have the lead role can still get recognition without being, you know, without being, so, and, it, and it should be something like that. Like if your role, if you have less than, you know, a certain amount of minutes of screen time um, or it is, established going in what is a lead role and what is a supporting role yeah i i agree all right we got time just for a couple more what's next next is from alan renshaw who says hey john what do you and rob think about the new moon knight synopsis which makes a change to stephen grant i thought he was supposed to be this billionaire playboy but instead he's a timid man who seems to be struggling with his his identity it seems weird again i'm gonna go back to what rob was saying what rob texted me which was basically you know what instead of just saying it in Theoretically, let me actually uh, bring up what it is he actually texted me last night as we were talking about this. Where is Robert? There's Robert right now. Um, okay, so here's what Rob wrote to me. He said, the Moon Knight trailer was perplexing. It looks like a complete reimagining of the character based on all of the various incarnations of the character. Really interested to see where this is going to go. So, I mean, I don't know that we can say it's this one or that one or we're supposed to be this or that. So, it's going to be cool to see what they do with it. All right, like some sort of mashup. Yeah, yeah, kind of a mashup you know, sort of thing. Take the best of everything, maybe. Yep. I don't know. All right, what's next? Gabe says, you said that Affleck's Batman was the only one to understand that Bruce is the real mask. Yep. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen Batman Begins, but that is literally one of the main points of the movie. No, they don't. Rachel directly says that Bruce's face is his mask. They don't do it. Yeah, like, you can have her say, oh, she says in this part, oh, the thing is the mask. That's great. You can say it, blah, 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 blah. But they don't do it in the movie. When Christian Bale's Bruce is standing around talking to uh, to his Alfred, to Michael Caine, he's Bruce Wayne, right? He's Bruce Wayne. Ah, but when you look at the Ben Affleck one, when he's talking to, to Alfred, you know, uh, the he can destroy everything where there's even a 1% chance that he does that we have to take it as an absolute certainty like he's speaking as Batman mm. so that's great you can give lip service and don't get me wrong the, the Christopher Nolan Batman films are the best Batman films ever they are I'm not saying they're not but like it's yeah you can say Rachel says that this is the map but that's not the way they actually play it out when you watch Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck's iteration of Batman they play it out that way they have it so when he's not in front of the cameras or whatever, and it's just him, he's not Bruce Wayne talking, oh, Alfred, you know, what can we do about this, Alfred? And, oh, I think I'm going to do this. No, no, no. He is Batman. And it's only when the cameras are on and when he's in front of other people that he reverts and puts on the mask of Bruce Wayne. They don't do that in the Christopher Nolan films. Mm. They're, they're the best Batman movies, but they don't do that, even though they kind of give some lip service to it. But anyway, that's just kind of my take on that. All right, guys, listen up. 
there are still more to come from Gabe and Joseph and and uh, and Spider Ham fan and a few others. Do not worry, guys. We're going to do a companion video a little bit later and get caught up on those questions as well. But for now, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campy Show, thank you so much, guys, for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all of you guys who've taken time out of your day to be here and sent in those comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the John Campy Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. I want to thank the people sitting here. First of all, sitting right here, Ray Aura. Ray, where can people follow you and uh, all your goodness online? Uh, at Ray Aura with a zero. And sitting right beside her, making her return with Joey Bishops, of course, is Aaron Cummings. Aaron, great to have you back. We're great looking forward to, to seeing back. you again for the rest of the week. But where can people follow you? You can check me out on Instagram at Aaron L. Cummings and make sure to set your TiVo, bring it way back, uh, on February <laughs> 27th for The Rookie. And of course, you guys can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter, simply at John Campy. I'm now at 99.3 thousand followers on Twitter. So now 700 away. We've added a couple of hundred more followers. Get us to that 100,000. So apparently the internet sends you money if you hit 100,000 followers on Twitter. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for us. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.